Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Uh, welcome back to the Slack line. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I think this is uh, episode eight. Wow. Officially we, or seven. Ooh, I've lost count because we have a lost episode. Still we have the, the legendary lost episode that everyone is trying yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, this is the Slack line. We're here again with Jay Wow. 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 And the boss. The boss is coming. That's a made up dumb fairy tale name, you <laughs> And we are here uh, with Duke Nolan. And James Doherty. Doherty. Doherty? Doherty is fine. Doherty. Our guests for our our episode, we're going to chat some music. We're going to chat some music history, maybe a little just world history as it revolves around music almost, and talk about the industry, where it's going. Obviously changed a lot in the last few years with uh, the interwebs and that type of thing. So uh, yeah, we got Duke in the house. Duke is from uh, Ireland. And uh, he's a musician, punk rocker, filmmaker. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Duke? I'm just still like kind of reeling here for a moment, just like I was not really expecting the customized button hit. So that's <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, right. I got more. I got more. We got. Uh, I like that. One. That's good. That gets used. Yeah, we use quite a lot. Yeah, that's quality. Wait, where stuff is that right from? There, man. Uh, it's from. Friday? Buddhist man. Ooh. Um, oh, shit. Now that's going to kill me. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. It's well. with Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a movie, it's a movie about getting stoned. It's so familiar. Oh, wait. That's uh, half baked. Half baked. Yeah, half baked. Yeah, half baked. Of course, it's half baked. It's half baked, of course. We'll just cut right to that one. All right. All right. So yeah, you were so. introducing yourself. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, you said it there that I'm, I'm from Ireland and stuff like that. So, like, did a did a bunch of stuff back there in regards to to music and uh, the entertainment industry and whatnot but like i've been settled here now for we, we call it a, a good solid 10 years now give or take a, a little bit so <laughs> it's kind of like i don't know i'm kind of reaching the point where I, i'm i don't know how how long more i'm allowed to call myself irish and stuff like that right but i think as long as the accent sticks you're good exactly you know <laughs> so or if you don't want to call yourself irish anymore, <laughs> that's fine too yeah but uh yeah and like you got Came over here, right? Because it was like a you get to do a North American approach on the entertainment industry, right? It's like you kind of you hit a point uh, in in Ireland and around the UK and everything where you're essentially forced if you want to really have the chance to go anywhere and be a, in the bigger the bigger ponds and pools and everything. You gotta go over North America ways at least as one of the places. So that's uh, kind of landed here and liked it and stuff. So there was a good industry here as well when i when i came on mm-hmm. holiday and like there was shows going on and stuff in vancouver and mm-hmm. everything so like that was cool and setting myself in here to play with a few bands and uh, release a few albums and everything so yeah all in all kind of like both sides of the pond got a chance to experience it i'm always curious about that because um i mean there's so many people in europe and on that yeah. side of the world like why why the need to come here is it because the brand the type of music is maybe more popular here than it is there or what well is it, i mean like i can only speak my for myself in this it was it, there was it wasn't just uh based on the the music uh scene and everything because i was trying to get more into film and i was trying to do that as well so that was kind of something that locked it in for me here you know it was like a place that hits two things like music is always going to be something that i'm doing no matter mm-hmm. what right you know but we all know making the bread on a daily basis a living income music you, you can't really do that uh by and large so like my career on the side then as well was always going to be like film and trying to 
go with that so it's like for f- in that case film is really you know you're either vancouver or la or something yeah and how sure, different sure. how dif- how different it is the industry from here to ireland just to get a notion well i mean like the, the in- it's kind of the funny thing about it is like a- at least when i was in ireland between the time that i was in ireland doing music and stuff and really when i was in canada and started and established myself where i could say i was in the industry doing music rather than just kind of like local gigs and stuff um a lot had changed it was weird it was right at that time because when i was growing up in ireland and when i was doing music in ireland and all that stuff that was still during the days when internet was like not as big and was getting bigger you know like it wasn't being used for music in the same way that it is these days right so um i don't know if the changes were happening on both sides but there was a huge change because i came from being like you know internet's just kind of starting up but there wasn't youtube yet there wasn't like that kind of accessibility itunes wasn't really a thing Mm -hmm. yet you know like the last thing i really remember and you know i was a bit younger at the time but we had like it was just the napster thing and everything that's Mm -hmm. like the last online memory i had for music in ireland um and then yeah when i came over here it was pretty soon after that it was just facebook and youtube and and all this kind of stuff so like that was the the big change i think in general yeah there's differences because ireland has its history with music and the industry there and stuff but like it was still just to go out play local gigs try to make a demo try to hand it off to somebody there was still that like physical physical transfer of music Mm -hmm. more so like the internet was there and people were doing that but like i was still kind of Mm -hmm. from that little bit behind the times on it and i kind of resisted that online digital stuff so yeah yeah we'll get we'll definitely get in into depth on that type of topic for sure a little bit later on uh but James, how about yourself? You're from England? I am from England. What part of England? I'm from uh, southwest near Bristol. Okay. Which uh, is a great part of the country. Is, is that sarcastic? I don't know anything yeah, about the, uh, the demographics. It's the <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the countryside. I'm a country boy. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, you know, not from London yeah. or any of that. But um, And yeah. uh, JWoww brought you here today. You're, he did. Uh, he did. You're a musician. Uh, I am a musician. What do you do? I, I play guitar. Uh, I've been playing since I was about eight years old, nice. and uh, I come from a very musical family. You know, my whole family plays. My dad plays sax. My mum plays piano. My brother plays the drums, uh, wow. and uh, you know, we always we try and jam together as much as we can. It's been cool. a lo- it's been a long time though since we last had everyone together. Yeah, my, my dad's side of the family. Um, my my grandfather was in a in a pretty popular jazz band in the 50s right yeah jay wow had mentioned yeah, that. yeah and along with uh with his brothers um and it was very niche you know it was glasgow in the 50s jazz jazz band that was quite popular at the time within scotland oh okay <laughs> okay okay but it's still very interesting because um uh james was showing me they have their stuff, his grandfather's stuff, on Spotify. It's on Spotify and nice. and, I, and on Apple Music now as well, which I was so surprised to see it. Yeah, because we got we found a CD like on online of year, like ten years ago. We found this CD that someone had made, and I and then suddenly I thought I'd I'd Google it, and that album is now on uh, on Spotify. And it's the only album that we know that my granddad played on because it's a live performance and they introduce him oh, okay because uh, he wasn't in the band when they became successful right. because of uh um there was still conscription at the time so oh. i think he was taking the place of someone who was doing their uh their national service oh dear yeah. yeah and then when they finally started getting big he wasn't in in the band anymore but it's still it's really it's i find it fascinating to For listen sure. 
to a performance that in in the, in like 1956 in this hall somewhere and to just hear my granddad playing it's just so it's so fascinating that is cool it's especially really coming cool. from that time when like jazz was just kind of starting out right yeah. like it would have been uh such a, like an experimental thing for them and yes. you know the crowd reactions would have been really oh. interesting for sure yeah yeah. And it's it's trad jazz, so it's like yeah. the, it's the dancing jazz. I was just know, gonna say really trad jazz, trad yeah. jazz, traditional jazz. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was this weird, like you know, like Scotland, Ireland, Wales, and and certain areas of the UK, like throughout. It's this weird kind of. It's like it's 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 taking something that like most anybody else in the world would recognize, but there was just this way of spinning it, like putting that Definitely. thing trad. Mm. Yeah, it's very different because you think of like jazz, you think of like you know Charles Mingus, you think mm-hmm. of smoking cigarettes, you think of you know piano halls, you think of people like very romantic and everything. Yeah. I can yeah. only imagine like like trad hall jazz yes. glasgow is a lot more but in, kind in of kilts like, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah there's <laughs> yeah there's a there's an element there that you won't find in any of those uh swanky pubs back in <laughs> back in the scene that kind of that kind of parlays us into something that i f- find really interesting about like north american music history in particular um and uh jay wow and i were talking about it before you guys showed up but uh uh i i always find it interesting how uh this music that uh you know became really popular all over the world but in america in like the 60s and 70s and stuff was really repackaged you know blues from musicians from you know the delta and alabama and like you know quite honestly driven from slave culture and stuff like that uh blues and jazz kind of molded into something that wasn't really popular in in the u.s overall like it was obviously popular amongst their own culture but um it was a real surprise. I remember watching documentaries with people like uh, people like Keith Richards and and uh, and Led Zeppelin and them coming over to the U.S. thinking that these people, Muddy Waters and uh, and like Bo Diddley and those types of people, were like really well-known, famous, you know, musicians from America that they were learning from. Which they, I mean, they were obviously revolutionary people, but at the time were kind of just famous within their own culture and stuff and so they came i said uh there's a story of keith richards coming to record in in like uh you know the southern u.s somewhere and uh he's gonna meet muddy waters in this recording studio and he's so excited about it and then he meets muddy waters and muddy waters is like changing a light bulb in the (laughs) studio and calling him like sir and massa and stuff like that and like you know a completely different perspective that they're used to you know he was saying how like i mean we come from england it's not that it was without discrimination but like you know we were of the arts community we were you know we were with black people we were with gay people it didn't really matter right and then you came to the u.s and it was this whole civil rights movement and like segregation and stuff that we just couldn't deal with and i always found it fascinating that it wasn't until these british people came and basically re repackaged blues and, and jazz and stuff like that and sold it back to Americans that like people like Muddy Waters and BB King and them start to kind of get, you know, more popularity in their like later forties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's kind of a weird comment, I guess on, on how that whole thing went down racially and whatnot. But, uh, what do you guys think about, about stuff like that coming from that gen, like not that generation, but from that, that area, you know, when you talk about, you know, that, that period, like the sixties and you look at the, English invasion and that sort of thing and you you start to list the bands that are coming out of 
the UK mm-hmm. at that time, and it, the list goes on and on. Yeah, it's it's bonkers to just consider that at that time so many huge performing artists come out of that. Yeah, and that's like that's my favorite, you know, period Same. Of, for music. I I love that stuff, and it's just endless. I'm always discovering new music from yeah. that period. And it, I, d- I can't explain. I, I, d- I don't know enough about it, but it's, it's so, it is interesting to think that it all came out of the UK at that particular time, and it, it changed the world of music completely. Yeah, and do you think? I mean, like they came over, and then uh, like seventies American rock bands started popping up and stuff like that. And I, I've been watching some stuff over the last few days of these guys that were in these rock bands, like the Doobie Brothers and stuff like that, and they're saying how like. We got into into rock and roll to make money and to meet chicks, <laughs> and it, it was such a funny thing to me because like the idea of making mo- like going into rock music to specifically make money yeah. seems so weird. But like at the time, there was this explosion of like, you know, the electric guitar had only been around for like a decade or like you know two or whatever, and like people were just kind of getting used to it and like every new band was almost a chance to reinvent music in a way. Right. Mm -hmm. And now it's, it's not that there's not that anymore, but you know, you get, you can only get so far with certain instruments and that type of thing until you start having to add new technologies and stuff. And there is, I mean, stuff that I think we'll look back on as revolutionary music coming out now, but like as you know, musicians that play tangible instruments and stuff, it can be hard, I know, to accept that a new wave of music like electronic and, and trance and stuff like that is really even like music, you know? Like, I remember being a kid and being like, oh, like, it's not even played with an instrument. It's just some nerd on his computer and stuff like that. And, you know, I don't really like electronic music all that much. But as I've gotten older, I've kind of realized that you have to accept, like, if people are, are listening to it and people are enjoying it, then it is music. Doesn't my oh, taste yeah. doesn't matter? Totally. Yeah. Like, if there's if there's ever an audience for anything, it automatically gives a credibility that yeah. you at least have to say like, ah, well, you know, it might not be my cup of tea, right? The classic, I, I don't might not agree with what you say, but all the defense of the death, you're right to mm-hmm. say it. Kind of, yeah. You know, brothers, brothers in music, we all gotta let each other. What's your guys' take on the electronic singing. stuff? I I always shunned electronic music and i always say i like bands you know i don't like singers that are just singers with backing tracks and heavily produced music but over the past sort of two years i have started discovering a lot of electronic music that i really love and i really enjoy it and once i got over that snobbery of thinking oh it's not a group of musicians it's a guy on a computer once i got past that and still and realized that there's actually what you can do and if if you're good at it, you can you can sample ev- anything you want and create some pretty dope music. Yeah, so, yeah. But it was definitely I I've I've been very snobby about it, and <laughs> it's it's <laughs> a recent thing for me. But I I can I can totally understand how people love those different types of music, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm starting to taste it, and it is it's great actually. It's yeah, I was good. definitely like I know when I. Uh, when I was in my 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 teens, you know, that's really the time where you 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 define your music. You know, it's no longer that you listen to music; your music becomes an identity for you and everything. And so, like, it, it, we're, I was definitely in a generation of it. We, like, we were all like, you know, listening to punk and listening to metal and and grunge and all this kind of stuff. And like, 
it was like there was uh, a type of of electro of like dance electronic dance music that was pretty you you probably had it as well and in england it was like all around the place you call it yeah. you call it like you yeah. know dance hall or, or sorry not dance hall or whatever yeah you know sandstorm yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no house music and that kind of club stuff right so that that, that was kind of like in some shape or form everybody got a memo that just said okay that's the thing that we hate right let's just all hate on that that's what we'll unite on so that was the one that like always kind of grated against me because i felt like it, it was pretty soulless you know it was it was, i get its purpose it was to go out it was to have a beat to dance to and something to you know essentially get mm-hmm. you know off your face but like um i was i was always cool with it with electronic as itself you know any kind of other element because um I remember even from 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 really early days in in kind of cutting my teeth in punk rock music and stuff. Uh, I was a big fan of a, a, a band called uh, Big Black, for example, which essentially was like a bass player, sometimes two bass players, but like a bass player, kind of like another bass player, or maybe a guitarist and um, a drum machine, right? Just something simple like that was just kind of like I was already open to the idea of there being like an electronic element in a band that was playing essentially punk rock music and stuff, and I kind of. I really like that at first. And I've always been a cool with taking it. I love industrial music. I love, you know, anything that you're experimenting with that stuff. And uh, I even kind of liked, dare I say, some of the early days of dubstep and how it got used mm-hmm. and stuff. But like, I it's I, I, I would be in the, in the sense of saying, I consider it to be as legit an instrument, as legit a musical uh, element in any kind of shape or form. As, um, as just as a guitar or drums but or anything, yeah. Would, wouldn't you say that um, sometimes when the music is more raw, mm-hmm. you can like actually feel it better? Oh yeah. That that sensation of, of music instead of like all the technology that sometimes people put into to make it perfect. But sometimes we have like someone like I don't know, Janis Joplin. Just it's just like her voice and like all the instruments, and you can feel it until today. You yeah. Know? Uh, wouldn't you say that sometimes technology would take that feeling that music brings to to us? Yeah, I mean, like uh, totally in, in in a certain sense. I mean, I would say we'd be more about like its processing of the overall sound and everything like that. But like when you say that to me, the first things that come to my mind are are things like, and I'm I'll be the guy to talk kind of like the punk and metal side of it because sure. that's really what I know about it and stuff. So mm-hmm. in in that world for me. I immediately think of bands like Ministry. I think of Nine Inch Nails, uh, you know, with Trent Reznor and the stuff they did. These are people uh, and bands that really were able to understand, like, how to use... It was like they understood the science behind the sound a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And, like, for things that are... Like, they, I definitely felt from, from, you know, Nine Inch Nails, without a doubt, anybody who's kind of been into that, they would, the first thing that they would say is that it has a hard, raw edge... I never thought it felt very computerized or digital or like mm-hmm. lacking anything. It was just like he used that particular medium to get it across. But I definitely felt that we had saw edges, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like even going back as in the early 80s where people were experimenting with synth technology and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know, I it was, you know, you had your bounces and your little beeps yeah. and your beeps and stuff and like that. But like, I think you can achieve those elements and those frequencies and stuff right so like to me i hear it now that being said i think we all kind of our, our ears operate in, s- in similar ways but 
sometimes there's just like a thing that will happen to somebody's ear when they listen to a song and they can mm -hmm. try and describe it to me and stuff and i might not hear it as well right you know and i think that's where we start getting into just taste and preference and yeah, stuff yeah. but like in the right hands with an understanding of a little bit of the sort of science behind it because that's the thing about it when you go into the electronic area you can't be as organic as mm -hmm. you would be with a with a, a string or a wood or anything mm -hmm. you know and a more of a physical uh, instrument but yeah man i think people can go go places with that stuff right? yeah i was gonna you know? say as like a as a musician playing a, a you know a guitar or a piano or something like that uh I mean, you can obviously put those elements into the electronic and you can mix them and that type of thing. I think if you're a musician, like we're all musicians here, I think if you're, if you actually play instruments, you maybe have more of an appreciation for the raw side of things Absolutely. over the, yeah. um, like, cause like you might listen to something like Jack Black and it technically is like raw or sorry, not Jack Black, Jack White. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Black is great too. Jack Black is great too. Yeah, it's some tenacious D. Um, you listen to like Jack White, and like some of it is like technically wrong. You know, he's yes. hitting the wrong notes. The yeah. bend is not quite right. The oh, guitar yeah. is out of tune. But like, as a musician, as a guitarist, I enjoy it in oh, a weird yeah. way, right? Absolutely. You enjoy the rawness that there's mistakes, and even he does. He said it before, like. I want it to be a struggle. And I think you can still have those types of elements mixed in with the electronic music. Um, I think w where it starts to bother me is things like auto-tune and things yeah. like yeah. like a drumming backbeat to me. Like why? You know, when you can have a session drummer come in yeah. and, and lay it down and you can have little elements of of mistakes that make it real you know the thing that's a little bit off that one time or um you know you, you can just hear it you can as a musician you can really just hear when it's a real instrument versus a, a pre-recorded thing or something yeah. like that and especially if you're doing stage shows and those types of things yeah i think it would really mess with my head to um you know to have this electronic thing that's going along with us that you can't improvise with you can't deviate from or whatever and if you make a mistake everything is kind of fucked instead of being able to be caught by your bandmates or something yeah. like that you know yeah um that's something that i struggle with from the electronic side of things but uh yeah i totally agree i i've been more getting into like older stuff as i've been kind of getting older listening back to like daft punk and those types of things and being like man this was awesome like you can see why people really latched on to this type of stuff versus like Venga boys and shit like that, you know, right? Hey, that Venga bus That's is coming. <laughs> when it, <laughs> when it shows no up, I am fucking on that bus because yes, I don't care where it's going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the a party. Venga bus is coming. Um, I, I, of course, it's a, it's, a, it's a matter of taste, as you said. Yeah. Uh, everyone like you, you like punk rock or uh, we like jazz or yeah. whatever. But it blows my mind the courage that it takes for like someone like I don't know, like Nina Simone oh, man, just yeah. got into the stage, her and the piano, and like do what she does without yeah. any electronic yeah. stuff. That just like it's it, I mean it, that's so raw You're, and yeah, that's man. so amazing that I, I you know sometimes th that's what I say like sometimes the rawness of the the stuff is just what. It, it's actually you're you're bang on the money there with that because like, what i'd love to say on it is that 
and I will take now off this thing where I just said that I will be the guy to talk about punk rock, talk about metal, and I say, okay, let's f- like fuck punk rock and metal for a second. Sorry, I don't know if I can curse, but oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, no, yeah, cool. No, we encourage people to curse. <laughs> I've tried so hard up until this point, and now it's gone out the window. So oh, yeah. that's it. The floodgates yeah. are open. So I mean, like I, 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 I consider myself to have a compartmentalized taste in music. Yeah. And what I mean by that is the fact that like so. I, I love I love raw and, and dirty. I love punk. I love hardcore. I love all this kind of stuff, you know, and it can be looked at like that. But the way you guys are talking about it, what I feel with that, there's this like Jack White, Nina Simone. I'm, I'm, man, oh, man, you said Nina Simone mm-hmm. right there. Like I, I, I'm a singer mainly mm-hmm. and stuff, play instruments and stuff. But like you can't be a singer, male or female, yeah. you know, whatever whatever your influences is like my god this is like this is a uh, not even considered to be human this is a, a phenom this is somebody who's like bigger than life and everything amazing mm-hmm. and that i've i love that stuff I, and i and i love that free expression and i call it very it's honest and genuine music because the performance is very much like you know from that person yeah. and I, and that's yeah. so essential and to me at the root of it that's music right yeah yeah and yeah even when it goes into the, the the punk and the metal stuff i've always been more into the i don't like very high produced and well polished things mm-hmm. because I, I i like the experimenting with tones and stuff and all the bands that i got into at first I the the music that you get from them are are sort of bootleg demo tapes that get mm-hmm. passed around a hundred times and that's what the music I got and then vinyl and stuff like that. So yeah, I have such a root in it. And uh the only thing I can say is that you go there for that music when that's kind of what you're looking for and stuff. But mm-hmm. like electronic music and anything that has an electronic element no matter how loose you try to keep it of course there has to be there's programming involved yeah there's a you know Mm -hmm. a a dictated tempo because that machine can't like you know slip and slide with you Mm -hmm. so things are kept more to the meter and more to the beat and that does kind of take a freedom and an expression away from it but like when when it's done right and when it's for that thing when that's what you're looking for you know like i i would even say i went to see um went to see band combi christ recently uh, like you know in the in the sort of industrial metal scene they're they're up there as being like you know one of the the popular ones and the kind of really have a sound and a following okay and you know and i go see them they're at the red room here in in vancouver and uh Oh, they tore the house down, you know, and everything that they play has to be to a click because they've got such a, so many electronic elements okay. playing with a live band and stuff. But it's like, yeah, you go there for that. And that's what you know what you're mm-hmm. getting. It's kind of like and there's respect involved in being that, you know, well rehearsed and whatnot, Absolutely. too, for sure. Yeah. Right? yeah, it's its own thing. I think, like I said, it's like it just depends on May- which you're going for. Maybe just like a, a quick analogy would be like that really brave guy to go into the stage to make a stand-up comedy thing yeah, and uh, a comedy film where it's like a control environment and mm-hmm. you can do the joke as many times as you can. But that and guy that it's on stage right now, he has like one chance to, to make you like yeah. feel it. You know? He has to yeah. read the room. And For sure. And, and I think that's why like musicians, we might like the, the raw stuff a bit more. It's like you can feel that it was, you know, maybe the first take. Yeah, and that somebody like Jack White went and laid down his vocal track, you know, maybe drunk as fuck and pissed off. Yeah, and and that's what it was. That's the track. Yeah. I'm not doing it again because 
I felt that way then like a painter, right? Like you don't necessarily go back yeah. and fix your painting necessarily. That's the painting. That's the art. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave it like that. And if you don't like it, then fuck yourself kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, which is something that I think, you know, like garage band musicians uh, that are, you know, trying to make it whatever, playing in grungy bars and shit like that. that that's what we like to, you know, we see that and we go, oh, yeah, I'm like that guy. Yeah. I like that, yeah. too. And yeah. and I think a lot of it gets born out of like for people of our generation, you know, we're all kind of in the same area. Um, when I, I remember when I was a teenager and I didn't know how to play any instruments or anything like that yet. A young teenager, like 11, 12. And the music that we had that was popular was so fucking bad. <laughs> like so yeah. bad. It was, it was what like was gangster rap, <laughs> jaw rule, 50 cent stuff, which I like rap, but that's not good stuff. Yeah. And like, yeah, so it was Much gangster rap like that. And it was like pop dance music, Venga boys or whatever. And like, and like Britney Spears and boy band type uh, stuff. Right. And even the rock music. I mean, there was, there was like, there's little things that obviously you can find stuff in any decade. That's good. But like the rock music was even like Creed and, and that type of thing that was pretty yeah. like bland. And well, so we, as like, I remember me and my friends as a collective, like digging through our parents stuff and being like, I remember listening to this on a fishing trip. I remember listening to an Eric Clapton live, Eric Clapton unplugged album live on like fishing trips with my dad on a loop and thinking like, oh, it's lame to like, like I liked it, but I didn't want to tell my friends that I liked that. And then like three years later, we're all jamming Eric Clapton, (laughs) you know, Led Zeppelin, ACDC and stuff. And we all reverted back to that. Then we all started learning how to play instruments and we all, you know, we're obviously influenced that. And I think that that was where things like the Black Keys and Jack White and those types of bands were born out of, of just like a rebellion against this kind of overproduced bullshit that was happening. Yeah, and I think right. it happens in cycles all the time, yeah, all the way through. It's yeah, interesting how you mentioned the, um, like the garage bands. Yeah. And I would like to ask you guys, like today we have a lot of elements that uh, make music more democratic. You know, not only like the digital made, made possible for us, any one of us just to record it without much uh, and to post it on YouTube or whatever. But how can we make it as, or how can people make it as musicians in this world to actually make a living out mm-hmm. of that? And do you think it's easier now or it was uh, before? Like, I, uh, think it's, I think it's definitely harder now because it's easier to self-produce. So a lot of people now, you, could, you, you get together with, with your band, you write some songs, you record them, you might even spend some money and go to a, a studio. Mm-hmm. And then instantly you can put it on, on iTunes or Spotify. Right. And just pray that people will listen to it without any of the other stuff because you're not, you know, it's not like a record deal. But I think that a lot of people are doing that now. And so they're not chasing it, you know, the business side. Yeah, which that's an was the point. only way I, I imagine was the only way really to do it. If you wanted to make it, you you had to strike a deal with the company, or, you know. That's an interesting point. I, I like I've been re- listening to a lot of old stuff over the last couple of days and like old documentaries and things. And a lot of the... Um, a recurring theme is there's one member of every band that was like he had a keen business sense or yes. she had a keen mm-hmm. business yes. sense and attacked mm-hmm. this market and yeah. like you wouldn't really think about Jimmy Page as like a keen business yeah. guy Gene but Simmons yeah, yeah but they were right but, but a lot of them weren't you just yeah. like going back to uh, the, they were discovered by like producers like, yeah okay that's great it's like uh, but yeah. it, but <laughs> the but the I mean I think you can argue that there's a keen business sense in recognizing a um, 
like a hole. Like the potential. Yeah, potential or a hole in a market and being like nobody's playing or like even self-discovery. Like a band like Led Zeppelin gets together just because, you know, they have to put a band together for this tour and they realize, wow, we have this great chemistry. And somebody like Jimmy Page says, okay, we have great chemistry. I think we can fucking do this. I'm going to push on this versus being like, well, this is just like a one you know, road thing that I'm getting paid for. I'm going to go make a band with my other buddies after this or whatever, you know? Yeah, the the keen business sense is, is, is one of the most important things that will be in almost any case of like a local act that has the opportunity. We're not even talking about record contracts. We're not talking about like multi-album deals. We're just talking about going from being a local, a local act to being anything that's elevated beyond that you you look at any of those success stories and see it like in modern times and you look at it back then anytime it was there was somebody who there was somebody involved in the band or around who had that keen business sense some form of you know media savvy whatever way it would need to be and that was the thing that would separate them from the people who are like i got my guitar and this is the first step then there's something that I do in between. I'll just play a bunch until somebody tells me I'm good and, yeah. and puts me on the stage where I'm supposed to go. And then final outcome is I have all that I want and I am a rock star, you know? And that, that does happen, but it's a rarity. It's that so rare. The, ra- the golden goose. It's yeah. like, you know, uh, yeah, I, it's like, I don't think, I don't think there's been a change in how difficult it is. I don't because what I see is like, you're looking if you take the 70s you take the 80s or 60s you know when we established what a rock star was and then we held that as being like okay go out there you want to be a musician you want to be something big that's that's what you aim for you know you want to be the beatles you want to be elvis you want to be that you know and there was always descending spots that could be taken along the way right down to the simple little local acts and stuff right you know and uh, yeah there was a time back then where what you had to do was like you know physically create your your product put it on cds do the leg work, go out and about, hand it out, try to get somebody interested, try to get somebody to write about you, try to get somebody to review you, try to get it on a radio station, et cetera, et cetera. And that's like, there's there's movies about that, so we all know about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're kind of in a flummox right now with it because, uh, and, and a lot of people like established in the industry are, are writing great things about this at the moment. Mm-hmm. We're, we're using different measuring sticks for the same thing that has evolved the whole time the the amount of work put in to the chances of benefits gained in the 60s and 70s were different than the 40s or in the 30s but they were they were relative they were They're comparably they were similar you know, effort level yeah, yeah yeah because like it is just as much a crapshoot these days to become uh you know a rock star and to have that established but it's way more accessible now than it ever was so there's this illusion that it's like you know okay you first of all like I, I'm I'm a kid at home with dreams of becoming something great and I've got a phone so I now have that direct tap into it so like talent is not as big a thing as it used to be and now it's more like you know you got gimmicks that are going to sell and stuff yeah. but like you I, I it's still this you still got to do the same things and the same work um the the resistance that you get now I think is in uh, you got to take it's like you got to allow for inflation mm-hmm. right the whole market's changed but you'll you're still getting the same amount of resistance and it's still as hard to get into it it just yeah. requires a new way of thinking totally about okay it. however like back in the days 
probably the only chance that they have was to find a producer and convince the producer that they were good. Mm -hmm. Now today, if you do something like that, you post on YouTube and you have 500,000 views, someone probably is gonna produce you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's just the f the free market speaking. I mean, if if five hundred thousand people, you know, subscribe to your to your YouTube channel or whatever, like that's an indicator. Regardless of what you do, I mean, there's people that make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year opening fucking presents on YouTube. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's a, it, like I don't well, know. Those people are accidental geniuses or what? But it's like, it's one in a thousand. But uh, my question is, there were a lot of rock bands back in the days that did make it. Mm -hmm. Probably today we have the same amount that like they're just gonna post on YouTube. It's gonna have thirty six views. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, I mean, and, you know, I would say kind of counter a little bit, Duke, to what you're saying that uh, talent will always play a role, and there's always um, there's always I think less talented people in every kind of generation that got really really popular off of the backs of other people or whatever because they looked good or whatever the case is because that's just how we view art sometimes you know it's superficial sometimes and so like there's m there's more opportunity for crap because you know the accessibility like you guys are talking about yeah. but there's also more opportunity for you know to expose great talent that way there's this really weird catch 22 revolving not just around art or around music but like all kind of art forms that are getting readily available through online this way um like uh you're always going to have you know the milli vanillis or you know the abbas and stuff but like those people are talented you know justin bieber as much as we fucking hate him the guy can sing and he's a talented performer right and so those pop acts and everything that are you know there is shit but it always ends up being shit it's always ends up being one hit wonders it always ends up being uh yeah just you know one summertime hit that everybody loved because it's the same chord, chord progression that scientifically we all love you mm -hmm. know all throughout history and, and everybody loved it for one summer but now nobody remembers who it is the cream rises to the top kind of all along the way i think mm -hmm. um and that includes, you know, band like people today, s somebody like Justin Timberlake, who, again, like you might not like music that he does taste wise, but you can't deny the guy is like an incredibly talented person and a, and a really well marketed act as well. Yeah. Like, just phenomenal. I thought it's you were going to say well groomed then. He is a well groomed young man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, think we could all use a little Justin Timberlake. Uh, there's there's a, a question that I have kind of like in relation to this. And it's, I genuinely don't know the answer to this. So maybe somebody could, could let me know here. So it would take somebody like Justin Bieber and stuff like that. Or anybody who would fill that echelon yeah, of, pop of, of act, right? Um, I'm, I'd be curious to know, like Justin Bieber, he didn't get... He didn't put stuff out there independently onto YouTube and somebody saw his YouTube Actually, stuff. Actually, that is what happened with Justin Is Bieber. it? Okay, yeah. cool. So like I'm Usher I, saw his like YouTube channel or whatever. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah cuz that's that's the that's the the element that's missing for me in the equation that I I don't really know how to like mm -hmm. follow through on that because it's like for that top tier, you know, you're like you're world famous. You're like you, yeah. you know that it, you could argue that it's like uh, is he more or less famous than the Beatles? It's just like, you know, it's the the 
it's just everyone knows him. Even yeah. if you try to not know him, you're going to yeah, know him. Yeah, I mean, right? you know who he is. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's, it, I, it's, I'm curious to see, like, how many of those people, because I genuinely don't know. Because if there's, like, lots of success with it, then, you know, of course, YouTube is going to be a bit more of a viable option in that sense um, and a strategy. But, like, the the thing that I find interesting about it now is just, like, when, when people talk about this and the getting into it and how far can you go and is it harder or easier, um, I've just heard uh, a great question asked about it, which is, like, well, what nowadays are we are we characterizing as being success yeah as, as a musician right you know? like if you can make a relatively okay living you know selling yeah. your cds online or cds your albums online yeah. and stuff like that as an independent producer yeah i mean i think yeah because that's that's what i think we're in right now is exactly that there's this kind of weird split mm -hmm. i don't think that we could really be at the case where we consider two separate parts of the industry or whatever i don't know how to define it but like it feels like that you're there's the people the success stories of the the humble musician who's at home is who, who's able to self-produce and you know be more honest and be more real and stuff mm -hmm. may lack marketing skills or resources or whatever but gets out there and stuff right and at the same time it's a lot more it's a lot more accessible to make money as a musician these days, you know, like how, how so well I feel that there's more of a demand uh, in just a lot of different ways to go out and make a buck you know i just mean like to make a buck yeah. that is above busking you know um you go out you like but you still have to sell the book yeah exactly but like what i mean is like you there's more places like you even have something similar that we have like stores now that hire musicians to play in the corner yeah. while people go around and shop and stuff right yeah. you know these are just like extra spots that were not really so much available all the way through if we look back over the last few decades so it's just there's more slots that you can get into as being a, a musician you know and being a session musician is, n is not such a, a you know small group and thing of uh, mm. it, it would have towns and city with the specific people now you can you can be somebody in one country and have a good demo and have good have a good um, you know references and everything and be brought to somewhere else as a musician just getting your demo out there being having a product online is a lot easier to for people to get to so therefore you have more options available to you as a musician you know um, so and then at the same time as I was saying there's like the guys who are doing that they might be able to go out and make a few bucks here and there they might be mm -hmm. able to then have their stuff online itunes you're just getting trickle payments through things like that mm -hmm. there's just like some more places that you can okay. make okay. money is what i, I mean I, I, there's a musician friend of mine like he lives out of music and i would like you your your guys input on that uh he told me that today we have more niche you know the music mm. it's more niched and therefore it's like uh back in the days you have three four five big bands that would make it in their niche mm -hmm. and today we have a lot of more niche this these bands that would make it in their niche they would make like hundred thousands of dollars a year and whatever but these people today uh we have much more niches and uh they don't make as much but they can live out of music but there's more bands and more niches. Would you guys agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Splintered market. Definitely. Very much so. I mean, when, when so much is available, and the thing is, is we don't end up paying for it right away, I think. But, like, um, you know, you download uh, uh, the album of somebody or whatever that you just saw, 
you know, and maybe they're relatively big or whatever. Like I went to, I remember going to Sasquatch uh, like five or six years ago as a music festival in, in Washington. And there was the first time I heard Arctic Monkeys and there was the first time I heard Black Rebel Motorcycle Club and uh, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Oh, and there was like all these bands that I'd never heard before. I'd heard of the Arctic Monkeys, but I'd never actually heard them. And I was fucking blown away. Yeah, they're great. You know, and then I go, I mean, frankly, I go download their music for free. But naughty, 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 naughty. But I will pay to go see Arctic Monkeys or any of those bands as they come through to, you know, my city or whatever. And I think that there is this similar to, to kind of when music was first started or like rock and stuff was first starting out. Like they had to make money by touring. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. because. Like record labels made fuckloads of money off of their albums, but artists didn't. Artists made pennies Hats off of their shit, pennies, right? Yeah, so yeah. like they had to make money by touring, and yeah. so now there's this like big movement towards festivals, and everybody's collecting in these giant, you know, three day weekend long festivals that people like pay hundreds of dollars to go to, and you pay hundred dollars for for a camp trip and whatnot. But like, you know, it's kind of like the Netflix of of music. Yeah. Like we want to see a yeah, I would rather pay up front a larger sum of money and see five or six bands that I really, yeah. really like over one weekend at a party um, than, uh, yeah, just, I mean, fucking HMV is closing. I'm not going to HMV to spend $15 on a CD. Like, that was the biggest problem in the first place. I always thought when I was in there, it was like $15, $20, $30 for CDs. Like, it if is. this was $5, then I would pay for it. Yeah. But you've priced it out of this mar- this free market that exists people will pay for quality which is something like itunes is, has now marketed right or cornered with like you know buying per song and you know albums that are like you know 10 bucks or whatever and it's immediately yeah. available but um yeah, yeah it's now it's you've got now you've got spotify premium and apple music yeah and you pay just ten dollars a month and you have access to almost everything. I was going to ask you guys, but would you pay $10? Including the Glasgow, Clyde Valley Stompers. Because for me, it's a lifesaver. And I'll be completely honest with you, I was like, Matt, it's easy for me to download that for free, but if I can pay an amount that I think it's fair, and it it matches my budget, I would would totally do it. it And if you hear a guy, if you hear somebody on uh, a Spotify or something that your thing just randomly goes to or whatever, and you're like, oh shit, what that? That's pretty good. And you see it, and it's somebody you've never heard of. And yes, Frank, like, okay, you download that one song, you pay for that one song or whatever. And then, yeah, you find out, where are they? Who Who is this person? Yeah. And you know maybe they're just some obscure British person that you nobody has ever yeah, even heard of. But now yeah. you're a guy that's sitting amongst you know a group of musicians mm-hmm. that's saying, "Hey man, have you ever heard this fucking band?" Yeah. So true. And it, it it spreads that way more than uh more than you know advertisements yeah. or yeah. whatever or like come see this. I don't think I've ever seen like yeah, an advertisement for a, an album or anything. Really. Like I obviously no, have, but not very they often. Have in, like the first page of Spotify yeah. recommended. Yeah, them, but it's basically algorithms. Yeah. For them. The, the app that has changed my life recently, music wise, is Shazam. Yeah. So oh, yeah. <laughs> if I hear something and I'm like, oh, I yeah, like the sound yeah. of that, I'll just I'll Shazam it straight away. Even if I'm just with a friend and they're playing it on their phone, I'll just Shazam it. And then I discovered like two weeks ago that my Apple Music is now linked 
So I have a playlist of everything I've ever Shazam. Oh, that's cool. And I was just sitting and oh, listening really? to it. And I'm thinking, when did I Shazam? Oh, wait, that was that time I was in the bar oh, yeah. in London and I heard it. That And and the songs all have this little backstory to when I decided to Shazam wow. it, mostly when I'm drunk. But And especially <laughs> as musicians who, as you said, like a musician, you you tend to be carpenter compartmentalized in your uh in your genres Absolutely. of music yeah. that you like right but when you really think about it like i find like when somebody asks me about my personal preference in music so i was like well yeah i like blues rock and whatever but then i'm like well i like a little bit of everything as long as i deem it to be you know of high quality or whatever and uh yeah so as musicians you end up listening to this stuff that you would never of otherwise even approach like even yeah. a friend coming to you and be like hey have you listened to this band like yeah. you and they even give you the cd for them or whatever you're probably not gonna yeah, listen to it right no, man it's even you're sharing your music with your friends they might not listen to it but if it just randomly pops up into your ipod and you're like oh fuck this is good or yeah you hear it from your friend's ipod and you shazam it and then you know, you're going through your list and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that one. Fuck, man. I've listened to so much more new music I, that I never I, would I have been exposed both, to. man, because like the other day I was riding with James in a car and we were just like showing the music that one likes yeah. and the other. Li and it turns out that a lot of music that he likes and I do like as well, we didn't know. So yeah. we like we share a lot of those things. Yeah. I still think that sharing it's oh, a yeah. big thing of that. You because will always have those. Like, I mean, like especially music fans and musicians gravitate towards each other, and that's still a thing that we will want to, yeah. to share and everything. It was always what I miss the most about mm -hmm. what I what my relationship with music and with my friends and into music and stuff when we were at that age where we were finding our taste in music it yeah. was it was listening parties it was bring your bring your blank tapes over because i got a whole bunch of new cds yeah yeah grab whatever that's tracks you want cool. and you'd listen to the same track over and over and over yeah. again because five guys want to record it you know yeah. that kind of thing and um yeah it was a very oh it's a great interpersonal thing sharing and like getting tapes and oh this and that and mixing it around way yeah. to sharing something and it you hope fantastic. that they've never heard of it yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And you hope yeah. that they're gonna love yeah. it and if yeah. they start and then you hear them later on listening to the thing you've introduced yeah. them to yeah. and you just say yep i did but, that you know if <laughs> you're ever if you're ever at like you know not uh, like a get-together at a house long enough i we still instinctively do it these days the modern version of it is the youtube yeah. black hole it's true the yeah. person waiting for that fucker's video to stop because yeah. you've got a song now yeah. right got, <laughs> we're we're always going to be want to do that and share that stuff yeah and it's like it comes back around to like why i love spotify i haven't exactly what you said is is one of the main reasons of it but the one that i'd add to it is that like once again i find that i'm i'm discovering music again yeah. completely discovering yeah. it yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and and i found not only was i having a, i was not discovering music for a while and kind of just in my bubble of things that i knew i liked but when i realized that at first this is before i got spotify i it was hard i kind of had this moment of panic going like well shit i don't know where to go and i remember reaching out to just the friends that i knew i was like hey you know if you got any new tunes it was kind of like yeah, oh, yeah you know man you got any you know i yeah. just need some more you got something <laughs> yeah. to keep me going man yeah. just until yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like i just until yeah. my guy so gets what he has yeah. and, and uh yeah and so like you got that so it's a simple thing and i only discovered it recently just being like there's that whole radio option on yeah. spotify where it can just take you just give it like here's a song or here's a band that i really like and it'll just right away create a playlist for you yeah. with just things and and they're 
quite good like kind of eerily good at getting it like yeah. the elements that you like in this the i bet you like it's creepy how yeah. Yeah. how those algorithms are are tracked I, I, like, I, I was just I, I was about to talk the algorithms it is a nice tool actually because mm-hmm. it would never ever replace the pleasure that you have when you introduce your friend, yeah. the <laughs> band that you like, and yeah. he likes yeah. it. It's, it's funny, such man. a pleasure. You, you can think, get man. trapped in the algorithms now, yeah. though. Yeah. I've, I've, yeah. s- I've noticed this specifically on YouTube. Yeah, you it's now like if I have autoplay on, it sort of loops this selection of videos that yeah. I've watched a couple of times, mm-hmm. mainly music. And, it, and I'm n- I, f- I found myself s- stuck listening if i'm not if it's just in the background i'll be like man this song's like played three times yeah. now yeah. <laughs> and i'm kind of getting sick of it so the algorithms yeah. i'm finding sometimes actually get you stuck in your loop it's that's exactly what I was, I, i'd like to ask you about i'll ask you all of you guys about it but just because you said it there you know i know i had that moment where i kind of realized there was a time where i would have been more into one type of music than another right pretty much i yeah. my music my music tastes kind of started with a core and expanded from that you know honestly my very core was michael jackson that was the nice. first first mm-hmm. musician i ever gave a, any kind of fuck about yeah. right like yeah. and and yeah he was a superhero in my eyes i was young yeah. i was like you know he was the right guy at the right time and in, in for my music i have um, a theory that anybody that says they don't like michael jackson lying. is lying they're absolutely <laughs> lying that's basically <laughs> saying i don't like the sound of like you know good beats and tunes <laughs> go in my ear it's like you're basically rejecting every genre of music there is because that guy d- used elements of every genre yeah, in his yeah. music but anyways like, go on oh yeah no it, it was it was kind of because you know punk is the first thing i was into everyone knows what punks are like and punks know what punks are like punks are horrible and they're the worst music fans in the world because if it's not that specific thing that they themselves and their friends have deemed to be, yeah, that's punk, man. Mm-hmm. That's punk. That's that's punk. All that other shit, that ain't punk, but that's punk, you know. <laughs> and like metal fans are notorious mm-hmm. for that yeah. kind of thing. That was what I was in. That was a spot on punk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, man, music was always so much more for me and everything. So I always wanted to learn more. So from that, I just went like, hey, you know what? Everybody's dissing country. Let me reach out and let me check out some country. And I discovered more and more cool stuff. And like, that's the something that is like, I don't know. Do you find with those algorithms and everything, it's kind of what you were saying there. It's like, great. You, you were able to analyze what I like based on what I listen to and everything like that. But how about throwing me something yeah. completely out of Man, left yeah. field? I think yeah. algorithms are yeah. fine, yeah, but they will never replace the music that my friends introduced. Yeah, exactly, me. and because not even another, that, man. It's another yeah. kind of thought, you know. Yeah. They they would come to you and say, "Dude, do you know? I don't know, Falakuti, the mm-hmm. the the African guy." No, I don't. Of course, your algorithm algorithm's never gonna go to yeah. uh, mm-hmm. to an African yeah. player from the seventies, but there you are. You like you're yeah. introduced to something new, and you like it. And now the algorithms start to play the role mm-hmm. because you like that. Now they're gonna research something that yeah. resembles to that. Yeah. So I think that's the the, the, the part that the algorithms algorithms play. When you actually it help, like something, yeah, that it, it like helps. you've entered a new yeah, genre, a new area. it's gonna show you yeah. a it few helps. of these. Show things. you around. Let me show yeah, you around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> taste of this. They should taste even, of yeah, that. It, it, it yeah. almost feels like um, maybe it's a, a stupid analogy, but I'm gonna do it anyways because uh, I don't care. Uh, but it's like man 
like is like a, a kind being around the fire and the fire is music mm -hmm. and we we have to be talking about it in order to be worth it you know mm -hmm. like we had to be around that and it doesn't matter if like the algorithm algorithms and and shit our pleasure is to discover new music good music yeah. with our friends yeah it's, man it's such a pleasure to have not only you but you and a friend enjoying the same song yeah jesus christ man that's especially when it's something that they might that you think they might like they might unexpectedly like yeah like they're like i totally come from the same sort of of realm you know when you're a teenager and you're learning this stuff you get so trapped into like oh well that's that's stupid and i don't like country and i don't like rap and whatever i like rock and roll and only rock and roll yeah, and stuff yeah. that's played with guitars and yeah. as i started to learn more about like music history and stuff i realized how much of it is just it's all just cross pollination of yeah. the same shit right and you realize that uh yeah there's quality in every genre of music and it's not an accident that like i said something like daft punk is kind of universally popular and and kind of transcends you know decades and, and time periods and something like like uh like red hot chili peppers like that's probably one of the only bands from like our childhood that will be around or will people still be listening to like 30 40 50 oh, years nirvana, into the future nirvana yeah like yeah you could probably pick a handful of pearl jam a few bands out of the out of Venga the boys Venga boys you know what though yeah, like maybe right like you'll be at a wedding no, really. 50 years okay. from now and Venga Bus will come on, and everybody <laughs> will fucking lo I'm love definitely it. Definitely having because Venga Bus. Just, there's a reason just after Macarena. But like, yeah. So I mean, even that. There's a reason that stuff was popular. Like, it's shit. It's yeah. overproduced shit. As musicians, we hate it. Oh, but but it as humans, so as humans, good. it makes you. Yeah, yeah, the Venga Bus is coming. Everybody's <laughs> jumping. Yeah, that's what twerking is born I, out of. You play that, it makes it makes people happy, man. Yeah, that is happy music. It's true. It gets least, everybody dancing. There's nothing happy wrong with music that. And it, it will always bring a smile to your face, it's man. It's true. I, I I would like to go back to one thing that we said. Um, so back in the days, uh, you talk about Matt, uh, boss. Yeah. You talk thanks. about <laughs> revealing my I'm true sorry, name. Boss, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't your name very often. Uh, so you're talking about uh, talent. Yeah. And talent is a big part of it. But I don't know if you guys saw it. You probably, s I think James saw it. There's a documentary called In Search for Sugar Man. Yes. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched that yet. Wow, before we get into this, we've been talking for like an hour. Yeah. Maybe we should take a break. Yes. And then we can, yeah, we'll collect yes. our thoughts and we'll come back on the topic of talent and, and Sugar Man idea. and stuff like that. Yeah? Cool. Everybody good for a smoke break? Man, I'm queuing up Venga Bus on my phone right now. All right. We'll we'll jam some Venga Bus on the break for you guys. I need Venga Bus right now. Yeah, I'll definitely queue that up. All right. We'll be right back on the spot.
back from a, a rendition of the Venga Bus. Nice. Oh yeah, man. Uh, by the Venga Boys, and uh, yeah, we are back uh, here again on the Slack Line with Jay Wow. 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 And the boss. The boss is coming. That's a made-up dumb fairy tale name, you. And we are here with Duke and James talking music history. That's phenomenal stuff. Oh, like, <laughs> I gotta like you. You've you've awakened something in me that all I want now in life is the ability to push a button. Dude, it's like having a meme <laughs> when machine, somebody yeah. like just straight. Holy shit! You should yeah. have that with you all the time. Yeah, I wish I could. You can just like sound <laughs> in people's face. Sound bite all the time. Oh, sorry guys, just a second. Yeah, I know, I know. Sometimes, sometimes it's not so smooth, but every once in a while, it, it cracks for sure. Yeah, <laughs> when, when, I think whenever we crack some beers, this cracks some smoother. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, but yeah, we are back here with Duke and James. Uh, we were talking, uh, you know, music industry and and just music in general, really. And uh, uh, Jay Wow was was inquisitive uh, to Duke here on the break. Had an interesting story. Yeah, <laughs> um, I would like to know about the last piece that uh, piece of music that you paid for. Oh, that's a very good question. There, <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good question. It's interesting that you bring it up in that. Oh uh, yeah, well sometimes I have some that really savvy media questions. bite there. Thank you very much for it. <laughs> um, no, is it, this was this is a, an amazing experience for me. It was like I, I got to share with people who enjoy music because you guys will fucking appreciate this so the only way i can put it to answer your question the last piece of music that i paid any money for like the i bought a song for a dollar now and i i I haven't done itunes or anything like that really i'm quite a spotify person or i have got my music library of still physical discs and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um paid a dollar for a song it was the best goddamn dollar i've ever paid for a song it was amazing <laughs> i would have paid a hundred dollars i'm not kidding but why man so we've established that like you know we kind of came from the origins in our in our developing our music taste and our music style you know it was a very kind of like meet up with people and you never know what you're going to get it's just pretty much like you know somebody puts something in you're listening to it and you wait for something that makes you go like oh fuck yeah i like that right yeah so my version of that and when i really started becoming like you know into music um myself and, and a friend were it was punk rock like i like i said and um he had a an older brother which was a really great thing to have especially when you're getting into that stuff oh, and the that. older brother was into punk rock music right so you know guess who we mm-hmm. looked up to and guess who we really yeah you know sucked up to whenever he came around and he'd travel and he'd go around and he whenever he'd come back he'd come to the house you know and, uh, and my friend would have me over as well because his brother come back with these shoe boxes of um of just like bootleg and grabbed tapes and cds of kind of like the punk rock music that he finds along the way and just anything that's cool but it was a lot of the time it was just mainly punk rock england and all through america and all this kind of shit um so that's how we kind of put together some some tapes and everything now there was this one song in particular that i always really loved and uh it was uh now I know the the name of the band and the song is uh, the band was called Gift and uh, the song's called Kelly K. Um, it was it was a recording from a live recording of a recording of a recording uh, of this band. There was a band called Poison Idea, which is a punk rock band, and um, the lead singer of that and his girlfriend kind of put out a few things, and this is where this recording came from. Loved it. It was one of those ones that when it came on i went like that's really cool i want to have that put it on a tape and listen to it religiously 
throughout my teens. It was definitely one of those songs that kind of like was kind of consistent with the soundtrack of my youth. And it reached a point anyways, for whatever reason, you go on in life and and we hit the point where tapes were no longer really a thing anymore. And it was more CDs and it was more MP3s and all that kind of stuff. Right. So I didn't think too much of it at a time. I was just a kid, punk kid and all that. So my tapes kind of went into shoe boxes and storage and everything and i never had to pull them out and stuff yeah so i never really thought about like oh i better take care of these things or anything because you don't when you're that age so as time goes on flash forward i get further and further away from my tapes i don't have a connection to that anymore i become very aware of the fact that i haven't heard this specific song kelly k for the longest time i kind of missed it i remember i would have been around 1920 or something like that and having a feeling where you miss a song, like a genuine, like you, like you miss a friend, like you miss yeah. someone yeah. who meant something to you at one point and all you want to do is just kind of like, I don't know, I don't Reconnect. know. But like, yeah, it's almost like wanting to hear their voice again. I know that's a, a rare thing that we do in, in this day and age, but like there was something about it. And I went like, oh, I must try find it and stuff. And I had no, I, d- I hadn't duplicated the recording that I had. I hadn't updated onto a digital disc or anything along the lines and i just went like ah fuck it i don't have it anymore but it was that's as much thought as i put into it now you go year after year after year and i'm not kidding you it went along and i became more and more aware of it it was more and more of a a thought that i would go like that song man kelly k by gift fuck i love it and I would try to talk to other friends about it who are into punk or whatever or poison idea and i'd say like oh did you know and um it just it it started drifting and drifting further and further away from me i had no connection to it now obviously the internet became more of a thing in that time so i'm you know i'm 27 i'm 28 i'm 29 all these kind of times at least a few times a year there would be these intervals where it would once again come into my head and i go ah god damn that was such a good song i really wish i could hear it again i'm not even exaggerating this there was a real recognition with this song so I'd go online and I'd type in some, I'd type in the name and the band and nothing, nothing came up year after year. Nothing oh, came man. up. Right. Oh, yeah, man. Not even kidding. Nothing. I type in some lyrics, you know, cause I'd kind of think of it. And then a lyric, I'd remember one here or there. So you, you put in the name that you remember and you put in some lyrics that you remember all this kind of stuff. Nah, still nothing, still nothing. Now, this is a big thing for me. This is something that anyone who knows me and has been friends with me through music and we've talked about music at some point, it's guaranteed that it's kind of come up because it became this thing that I was like, you know what's crazy about music? Like, I am currently living a life. This only happened to me twice. One was with a movie and the other's with a song. That is just something that I that really registered and would give anything to experience again mm-hmm. it's just like i had to i had to log it i almost wanted to write fucking stories about it and stuff mm-hmm. real thing i'm not even kidding more years go by it's even worse up to the point that a few like not even a few weeks like a week ago or whatever i'm hanging out with my girlfriend we're wow. both like really into music we play we play guitars and stuff you know and uh obviously we talk about music big time and I just kind of introduced her recently to some more like punk stuff and hardcore stuff and everything. And we're there and we're chatting. I'm like, ah, man, did I ever tell you about this song that I love that I never get? And she's like, yes, you've told me about the song. <laughs> and I'm like, but isn't it horrible? Stop, 
the damn song. song. It was part of my character. It was like this guy, and also you know, this is the the albatross around his neck, the cross that he carries. <laughs> the poor guy just searching for this song. Like it was a damn fucking mission for me. And going on about it, I'm like, I know it's. I go on about it and everything, but you know what it's like to experience this. To know it's the most depressing thought to go. I just want to hear this song again. I would try to recreate it on guitar to the best of my ability, but I couldn't. My memory, I can't remember that kind of stuff from when I was like 13 years old. Come on, not even the lyrics. Exactly. The lyrics were some written. of them here and there. Some of them, right? And blah, 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 blah. Now, she's got her Surface on the bed, right? You know, the, the, the flat-top computer kind of thing. You know, I'm like, yeah. And we're listening away to Spotify and just kind of chatting, doing a little bit of a... I, I highly suggest anybody with significant others, you need to do this, is do listening parties with your music, with your significant other, because it's the most amazing connection that you can have with that person. You learn more about them through that than anything else. It's better than sex. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It is a form of sex. It is an absolute connection. It's interesting. So, like... Emotional sex. I hit my i hit my peak with it i'm like god damn it i'm done with this yeah and i go on to the thing i was like i'm just going to show you i let me check and i go and i jump onto google and i type in like it's i remember the band was called gift g-i-f-t no fucking no spelling mistakes or anything like that and i know the song was kelly k look I'll put in Kelly and the letter K, nothing will come up. And then I'll put in Kelly and then K-A-Y, nothing will come up. I, and I put it in and the first thing, Kelly K and everything, boom. First result. No way. Gift, Kelly K, play button. And just, you know, on Google, you can see the thing underneath it. Yeah. And it kind of gives a little description. Yeah. And it just says, you know, gift, Kelly K, recorded that this and everything like that poison ideas thing now i had since forgotten that uh poison idea had anything to do with it you know uh -huh. um it just said that 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 information had left my mind and i and it reoccurred to me i was like wait oh it's poison idea i remember now i remember now i hit play <laughs> i yeah. shit you not guys i like i hit the roof it was the song it wow. was absolutely 100 percent the song not even the song but like the recording <laughs> as soon as it hit my my brain just kicked into gear and started remembering everything the recording was exactly as i remembered it starts off with this because it's a live thing like the guitar is fizz and fizz and there's a mic check where he goes so close so close and somebody in the back goes it's weird but that's what you log in yeah, your brain of and it plays through and as the song plays through i uh, i make no bones about it and i will not <laughs> hold it back I fucking laughed and wept and just I couldn't believe the feeling I was experiencing and I was hearing this song wow. all over again. We're talking like 15, 60, however long. We're talking about a gap between the last time I heard it. And yeah, of course, as it's playing, you know, as soon as the lyrics, the vocals come in, I'm singing along. All of a sudden, the lyrics are coming back to me and everything like that, you know. And I said, I played that thing like four times in a row just to go like, isn't this amazing? Isn't this fantastic and stuff? And then right on that page where I found it right beside it, it's like, you know, buy the song and it's got a little do like for a dollar is, is all it's charging for it. Yeah. Oh, my God, I click that thing. <laughs> and and now it's a, and I own it. I own it again. Oh, Once yeah. again, that's such a... I, I've never encountered that before. I don't know. Maybe other people experience this and it'd be really cool to hear about any other stories like that. You know, like I think we need to talk more about it, but like 
you know that's really cool that i actually like holy fuck that was a song that i remembered for so long due to my desire to hear it again and just i i there's not many times in my life where i felt that release and that emotional just outburst of like i'm hearing it again you know and it's like holy crap what a a goddamn journey that was you know yeah so i would never give up the never give it up the dream yeah never give up (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was at full master the second that came on that's so interesting like how many of this music that we already produced it got lost in time yeah you know it's terrifying uh, for me it's uh, a thing that it's not something that it's like a, f- a, f- a fetish or anything, but mm-hmm. I inherited over 100 LPs, long Beauty. plays. It was uh, from my uh, my deceased uh, uncle and my deceased grandfather. And my, my, my grandmother was about to throw it away because she didn't know what to do with that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, she didn't even have the machine to play that again, you know? Mm-hmm. And when she told my mother that she was going to throw it away, my mother was like, well, maybe you should take a look and talk to your grandma because she's about to throw a lot of uh, the LPs. I was like, what are you talking about? I just went there. It was like a hundred perfectly fine long plays that I took it. And I was like, dude, those are my heroes. Yeah. You cannot throw this away. I mean, it occupies a lot of space. Mm -hmm. But then I, I... begin to wash the discs like i like do like a, a, a um revitalization of that mm-hmm. stuff and everything nice and i start listening to that music and a lot of the music that i found out on the lung place i haven't heard it yet mm. yeah. they haven't released in any other form yeah. mm. so there's a lot of uh, uh lost music in from another era that if we don't take care of that it's gonna be lost forever yeah hmm. that's what i mean like it's almost like the, the, the how hard people f- have fought at different points in history and different countries and everything like that to to make um the the the, the desecration and the burning of books mm-hmm. and art uh you know forms and everything like that is a is a crime and like i it's it's for that very reason that like i mean it goes without saying we should make the burning and you know destroying of any uh of any art to to be illegal right you know what i mean to hold it in reverence and everything because that's that's the risk we take i mean it's inevitable i mean like we're we're losing songs on a daily basis right you know that's always going to be the case so much more it's same with movies uh, and everything like that crossover from vhs to digital and everything like that about ancient cultural i'm sorry i'm deviating a little bit but when they bomb like Iran, mm. yeah, they burn a lot like Persian culture. Yeah, this is four thousand years old. Exactly. You yeah, you're destroying like that's human crimes against history. humanity. Yeah, it's not just yeah. that's it's not about humanity. just like art and People. and and whatever. Like these, it's human history. It's stories. It's yeah. Yeah. Uh, man. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't. I don't know. Go ahead, James. You, you made an interesting point. Just <coughs> changing the subject slightly. That uh, about listening to a. Uh, an LP and I had a similar experience recently uh, be- being in Vancouver the land of vinyl now yeah <laughs> everyone's got a record player but I uh, it's I s- so hipster I was, I was USB <laughs> vinyl players <laughs> I've yeah. always had a record player my whole life growing up there was record players in our house well you've always been a hipster I've always been a hipster <laughs> <laughs> 
It's the hipster way. I think <laughs> everyone's yeah. got to have some vinyl. Once I think vinyl's become like an art form. It's like because we download music, you still want something tangible. Yeah. yeah. Like something you can put on your wall. And, and the artwork is amazing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's so... I, I've, I've actually just started putting records up on the wall. Oh, now. that's like what I, I do, yeah. It's so much better than, than looking for some posters yeah. or whatever. You find the perfect... So, and, what's and your story? And sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah. yeah. So, I uh, it was... Uh, uh, back in July, I was just chilling out in an afternoon in this at uh, this house, uh, and they had this record playing all these fucking amazing records, and they had Sergeant Pepper there, mm. and you know I, I was like I've got to have a listen to this, so I just lay down and I started listening to it, and I listened to the whole thing, yeah. and there was tracks on there that I never heard before, and yeah. I I like think of myself as a big Beatles fan, mm-hmm. and I was like it was blowing my mind, and it just made me think about how much I love albums. Yeah. I love an album. When when you get an album and you can enjoy every single track. Mm-hmm. In yeah. order. In order. And you hear a song Long and before, then you're automatically expecting yeah. the next track or whatever. Yeah. But I thought that that was really interesting. I think that that's something that vinyl can give you because you put it on the record player you're not, not going to be like oh I'm going to take it off another one <laughs> yeah. it's impossible to true. skip songs like <laughs> yeah. you can't like you can't like you have yeah, to like aim it you can't skip the dr- exactly you don't want to damage it and it sort of forced me to sit and listen to the to the whole thing I was waiting for like one track at the end and I just ended up listening to the whole thing and it was it's like Led Zeppelin's 4 you got to sit through that whole oh yeah that's the first one I put on every time I set up in a new place yeah it's the first one I put on every time. I do have yeah. Sgt. Peppers. <laughs> nice. Um, my yeah. vi- my vinyl collection was uh was w- I made it a point it was all Alice Cooper. I wanted to have every all Alice Co- any Alice, <laughs> Alice Cooper that had a vinyl print. I wanted to have every Alice Cooper. So there you are. My my first concert Alice was Cooper. Alice Cooper. Oh yeah. Yeah, at a convention my, uh, center in Calgary, and it was it was a hilariously empty show. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, well, it was like it was weird actually. It wasn't empty. It was sold out. Yeah. But it was like a dinner show thing like we all had tables yeah. And then for Alice Cooper. Yeah, and well, then it is a show. It's dinner and a show. Yeah, right? a show, like, yeah. 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 and yeah. then he came on, and everybody like went right to the of front course. of the stage. Cables but like most, <laughs> most of the actual convention center, or whatever, was empty because there's only like Thank a few you. hundred yeah. people there or whatever. But it was pretty cool. It, it he did like the whole uh, chopping off his own head thing. Yeah, yeah. he's like, like f- fifty-five, sixty at that point. Musician karma, man. You start playing on bars, and people just are just like going around with their drinks and eating mm-hmm. and then maybe you become famous and they just go to see you and then you become old and then like they have these big tables where they're eating again circle of <laughs> life <laughs> circle of life uh, you, you start in the, in the bars you'll end Jesus. in the bars <laughs> <laughs> it's like spinal tap when they're playing that like amusement park oh whatever. god yeah, <laughs> just it's like so 50 good. jazz people fusion <laughs> or no jazz odyssey that's yeah. what it was Great yeah film. amazing yeah. <laughs> i mean actually i was gonna i was gonna say that um i don't really have a point like you're saying of like Oh, I need to hear that song again mm. necessarily. Um, but I do have more of a point of when I started to really listen to full albums yeah. in order all the way through because yeah. so much of our life, yeah, early life was skipping, skipping it around. Yeah. Even though I am from CDs and stuff, you could still skip and yeah, shit yeah. like See, that. And you, you know, it was burning and downloading and yeah. all that stuff. So you, it was always mixes of your own stuff. Yeah. And, uh, Actually, I think the first one I really remember listening to all the way through was The Wall by Pink Floyd. Oh, and my brother, I think, got me the DVD for Christmas at like uh, 
15 or 16. The, like the, the, movie, the movie, like Bob Galdon? Yeah, yeah, the movie. Yeah. And we watched it, and <laughs> we were so, like, freaked out. We were like, man, this is scary. But, it like, is a terrifying film. But, like, obviously, through watching it, you listen to the whole album. And then I remember driving to visit my mom in Swift Current with my younger brother. And we just put in the wall and listen to it the whole way there and other albums of I course I have the wall like single on the wall oh yeah <laughs> on my wall oh, I man. gotta put that's going on the little wall. on the <laughs> nose <laughs> don't you think <laughs> <laughs> but for some I have like, the wall it really and it's on the floor <laughs> <laughs> I mean oh, the wall shit. tells such a story it's such a concept album yeah. right but it really it reminded me of of going back and doing that and not just picking out the hits and then I started to like rediscover and remember that some of my favorite songs from my favorite bands are like these songs that people nobody really knows like duke you and i talked about oasis yeah um like almost nobody i know in in north america likes really oasis beyond was like wonderwall yeah beyond like wonderwall and uh champagne supernova yeah but oasis is like one of my favorite bands and so while i like those two songs um I, they kind of infuriate me because I'm like, man, like they have so much better stuff and I I have their whole discography and I listen to it like back to front and stuff sometimes. And like they I remember when um, What's the Story More and Glory came out and my older brother had the tape for it and I didn't know it like I was like six. I didn't know anything about music or anything. I just remember listening to that tape like ad nauseum and not even really knowing the context of how big it was mm-hmm. or anything like that. And then I remember, a, like, selling to you, like, a big gap where because it was, like, this British band that came and had this huge album here and then kind of, like, you know, they are really popular globally but not so much here, uh, they kind of, like, disappeared into obscurity. And that, wow. like, here, like, nobody really talked about That's Like, Wonderwall crazy, would yeah. be on that radio all the time. Wonderwall yeah. and Champagne Supernova were around all the time. So everybody knew who Oasis was. But that's all they knew of, of Oasis. And, like... I think I was probably, I want to say 17 or 18 when I really started to listen to them again. And I I got their whole discography and yeah, went back to front on like all their albums and like just picked out like a bunch of tunes. Guess God Thinks I'm Able, like Meaning of Soul and like all these songs that were like nobody ever heard of and then i started to like research them and realize how popular they were in britain and stuff and i'm like how does nobody hear of this like nobody really knows what this band is really and i'd be talking to people and like driving myself crazy i feel like i'm taking crazy pills uh trying to (laughs) trying to uh convince people that they're better than Mm -hmm. than wonderwall like you know like they're better than that they're not just this like pop brit group you know, similar to Blur, like even myself, all we really know of Blur is song two. Yeah. Oh my god. Like that is it. So like, I mean, like, Mike, if you, if you, did you, I don't, I don't know what age you were, but like, if you go, if you grew up like, if you're born in the eighties or or earlier, you know, you went through what we experienced in UK and Ireland, a great war. There, we had a war mm-hmm. growing up, and it was the war between Blur an oasis <laughs> it, i'm not kidding. yeah if, they were serious yeah. man. You, like, you say very very easy it's just like, like oh i was like... all about oasis and everything there were certain areas of the schoolyard <laughs> and certain areas around town that you, you would not walk around saying those words because <laughs> you would be 
left in a ditch somewhere. Like I remember, uh-huh. I was even when I was in primary school, like you know, kind of like. Uh, it's, Is that it's, really like, true? Oh yeah, man! Kids would come up to you and stuff. They go like, "Do you like Blur or Oasis?" Mm-hmm. And oh, you had to think on the spot, and you go Blur, and you'd watch their facial reaction if they change. You go Oasis. I mean Oasis. <laughs> There's thing. No, I jest about it and everything like that. Of course, like you know, it was like. But you, like there was definitely times, you know, the Irish out. like to have a choice. You, you have do. it's a fifty-fifty, exactly. you're Protestant <laughs> or Catholic, or you like blur or oasis. <laughs> but that's the thing, you you have the choice, but you must make sure that you make the right choice <laughs> yeah. in the right situation. Which football team <laughs> do you support? Exactly, like you know, with kids, it was just you know, kids will take anything to make a ter- territory game yeah, and stuff like I, you know, ally around here. Um, but like, there was definitely. It's not that it didn't happen where there would be lads out on the town on a Saturday night coming out from the pubs in this time and somebody singing like a, a, an Oasis song. Like there would be times that a group of other lads would come over and go like, oh, fool, Oasis is shit and like throw stuff at them or whatever. And like, you know, fights now, fights will break out for any reason, but they would happen. It was this crazy thing. It was the it was the great movement of these Brit rock bands and at the front line bashing off head to head was Blur and Oasis. Now, the funny thing, I don't know, like because when you listen to them and stuff, like really and truly, they're, they're, they're a completely different bands. Completely different <laughs> yeah, bands. So different. I kind of got maybe... Like, there's no reason why you can't like both You can easily yeah. like Well, of both. course, that's the <laughs> thing, right? People just like them both. But like, you know, Oasis and the Verve, maybe, because yeah. they kind of had similar sounds. But the Verve, again, only one song here. So niche, right? yeah. Super I don't know about it in but Britain. But it's so funny, because yeah, like, Oasis went for, obviously the, the height of it was what you got, which was the What's the Story Morning Glory yeah. and stuff like that. But, you know, they, they went on and on and on, and there was more... I I don't know if they. Some people would say they outstayed their welcome. Other people say that they should never have gone away. You know, and uh, they definitely. What's your position? Well, I think um, I was kind of indifferent, man. To be honest with you, like I, I liked a lot. I mean, what's a story? Morning Glory has an album in itself, and the whole yeah, like, it's whole, top notch. Wow. I remember that was around the time that I started learning like electric guitar. Mm. I had kind of done acoustic guitar and stuff, but this is a time that I was thinking about, ooh, solos, ooh, lead yeah, guitar yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I remember there was a few of the leads from from that album that kind of hooked me. Now, are they the most creative and and, and amazing leads? No, but they worked for the song and the context. It's of like the song. really good stadium rock exactly music. and that's what they did yeah better than anybody around them at the time and yeah. stuff so like there I, I i loved a lot of stuff that came from oasis definitely that full album i could say i liked and then after that there was the song here and there that I was like oh that's cool and then the other stuff was like you know not that i didn't like it but it was you know didn't impact me blur was a band that kind of kept me going hmm. a lot they hooked they they held me in more and I'd, I say the only reason for that is because of the very band they are and the way that they made their music they were constantly evolving constantly Blur is much more optimistic yeah it is absolutely. much more really <laughs> that's interesting because I think so I've always huh. felt that Oasis for me was is quite I don't know, there's a dark side to it yeah there's something brooding in it and i always felt like blur was more upbeat and it was designed to be a sort of a do we have because you might because you'd get this you'd get this girl (laughs) i don't know (laughs) if like you know interesting you spend any time around in in england especially you know ireland kind of had it but england definitely had like the class system you know it was a very definable class system and stuff 
and and oasis very much was like you know working class you know yeah. out with the lads having drinks you know they they reflected that and blur was the trendy art student you know blur <laughs> blur was the guy walking yeah. past all that getting the beer bottles thrown at him yeah. you know as he's as he's wearing his private school <laughs> uniform and he's going away for his lectures on, <laughs> on a saturday morning you know and it's like yeah okay grand fair enough the popular vote won for a, a while there you know but like people people grow and change and stuff and like that was something that was great i mean a lot of people don't know that like uh david allman from 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 blur of course is the lead singer of the the gorillas and you know uh, a songwriter and that kind of stuff and it's like just because he was a very he was a driving member of of blur and obviously like you know a primary songwriter so he's always been a person who kind of like never sticks to a specific format or anything you can see all through anything yeah. he's ever written it gets yeah. very you get the very cheeky brit rock kind of stuff yeah. but then you get really soulful like they have that song tender which is the closest thing that i've heard to a modern uh uh the, the genre like of uh, the, the negro spirituals that were like the original music that paved the way for so much of the modern music mm -hmm. like rock and roll and everything like that yeah. the gospel spiritual what's that song called uh, it's called Tender. Tender. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some Blur going because, like I said, all we really know of Blur is to song two, that's which is pretty so kick-ass. It's, it's pretty kick-ass. Yeah, but, like, but, like, <laughs> in knowing... And, in, like, the crazy thing is, like, if, if somehow you allowed yourself to sit down and listen to their entire discography, you'd go, where the fuck does song two fit in? Song yeah, two... That's what I've heard. So that's what I've heard. On, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it's this pretty, weird It's a pretty thing. big outlier. It's like they made it it's specifically blurred. to put it on, like, fucking could be Madden true. football or something. Yeah. It's, it's like Andrew For WK's North party American hard. You know, yeah. it was the song, or, like, the fight song. No, I thought it was interesting. You had a memory of uh, boss. You have a memory of a song uh -huh. when you were six years old. Early, yeah, almost. I think earlier it's than that, five or six. I, I, ha I, I do not have an um, uh, older brother, hmm. but I do have an older. Well, used to be my cousin, but we fought. It's not my cousin anymore. It's someone. Uh, but he used to be my cousin, and I used to sleep overnight in his uh, house. I used to love that so much. He wouldn't be home. But whenever he arrived, three o'clock, he was a pothead. He still is. He would put some Bob Marley. Hmm. And I wrong would that. love that. Yeah. And I was five, maybe six. And I just remember, man, how, how much I liked that because no one in my family was playing that. And, and I just love it to hear Bob Marley three in the morning with my pot when my pothead <laughs> <laughs> cousin would arrive and just like play the CD and bananas like I would wake up like oh yeah that's it's nice. funny it's funny how that music you know reggae music Bob Marley so combines perfectly with marijuana like <laughs> it's obviously you know part it's it's, it's mixed the, in with the culture and stuff like amazing. that but it's so just like yeah. Just the back and forth rocking of it. And, and, and it chill overcomes out. generations. Oh, totally. Bob I, Marley and, 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 and Because me, myself, I don't smoke weed. Yeah. But I just love Bob Marley so much. And I learned <laughs> the last year that my grandfather was alive, I was in his car, like slowly looking through the CDs. And, and I thought, and I find some Bob Marley the Legend. I was like, someone probably forgot it here, right? One of my cousins or whatever. And but just in case, I took the CD and went to my grandpa and was like, "Grandpa, do you like whose uh, CD is that?" He was like, "No, it's mine." 
It's mind map. I really, I really like the rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think your granddad may yeah. have been smoking yeah. a little bit of the wacky yeah. wacky. Exactly. It's, it's not only a ni- so like there are some people that overcomes the niche, man. My grandfather would be one of those guys that we're talking to in the break. Mm-hmm. They would be listening to classic stuff in the nursing room, like whatever, like now. Yeah. But there was some Bob Marley in his in his car because you just like it. The beats. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. He doesn't speak English, man. He likes nah. the beats. That's perfect, man. Oh, man. That's actually it's, it, that's cool that you say that because that's that's something that I'm finding more and more myself these days is like the the amount of music I find myself listening to right now, where it's it from different countries, of course, that I they're not singing in English or any language that I understand. And uh, yeah, I actually just had a conversation with somebody about that. It's like sometimes, sometimes you don't need to know the words that are being said to know exactly what it is. Or, you know, even more that they might be singing about something else, but music's your own, whatever way you want to make it, yeah, you know, and like mm-hmm. if, if that's if that's what you take from it, you know, no one's going to tell you, no, that's wrong. Put it down, <laughs> you know, go away for five minutes, pick it up again and actually listen to it the way we all listen to it. You know, it's yeah. like, no, it's, it's such an important thing. I'm pretty sure if my grandpa like knew English. Mm hmm. He probably wouldn't like Bob Marley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like he would disagree with a lot of his political opinions. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the music, man. It's so pure. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's funny. Music yeah. like him. Well, that's I still, funny. man, I like Bob. Bob still sang about the stuff that I think we sorely, sorely need to yeah. be singing about yep. these days still because we're going to have entire generations of people who just who don't know how to love it's you true know? who don't know yeah. how to like and i'm not even mean like love i love a woman or love or a guy or love, love each that. other love yourself love each other love life love mm-hmm. the world you're in and, yeah. and like you know moms in uh, yeah. facebook or youtube M- more or, or, or maybe uh, more Instagram. important than love is to just not hate well exactly right like yeah i completely agree with you there Mm-hmm. There's no reason to hate other people. Yeah. Like, in, in just go about your business and don't life. hate. Yeah. 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 Well, it comes down to it. I mean, like they say that like, fear leads to hate and stuff like that. And right there, Bob's got, Bob's got your back as well because he's saying, like, don't be afraid. Yeah. You know? Don't worry. That's don't worry true, about a thing. Yeah. A lot, it, <laughs> yeah. If we're gonna talk uplifting music, Bob Marley for sure. Bob Marley's yeah. a king. Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about kings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. I want to throw some some stuff at you guys. Uh, James, sorry. How long have you been in Canada? I've been here four months. Oh wow! Okay, brand yeah. new. Cool. God. Fresh off the boat. Fresh off the yeah. boat. All right. Yeah. That's cool because I want to throw some stuff at you, uh, Duke. You might know a couple of these names, um, but we've been talking some a little bit of international flair, and I'm curious. I'm always curious about what I find to be really quality Canadian music's cool um, uh, reach over broad. You know, like we people know Drake and people know Justin Bieber. Didn't know Bieber. Drake was Canadian. You know, Drake was Canadian. Justin Bieber is Canadian. Uh, Maroon Five, they're Canadian. I knew that. Yeah, so that. like those are kind of like Nickelback. Obviously, those are like the Nickelback, big ones that people. Greatest Canadians of all yeah. time. Yeah, those are the ones that big people tend to associate with Canada more so. Um, but I found like especially traveling to like music festivals and stuff and meeting with Americans, uh, we'd be playing some music that you know is really popular in Canada, and uh, they'd be like, "Oh man, who is this?" And we'd be like, "Oh, it's Sam Roberts." Right. Uh, and they'd be like, oh, we don't know who Sam Roberts is. Like, how do you not know who Sam Roberts is? Like, he's all over Canada. Yeah. Like, he is, like, probably one of our best songwriters ever. Like, how do you not know who Sam Roberts is? Yeah. So I'm curious, from your guys' perspective, and, and if you don't know Sam Roberts, like, you definitely should listen to I Sam Roberts. Sam That's Roberts. I was just like, going to yeah, say, like, I think there's, we, we got to go. Yeah, Sam so Roberts. Sam Roberts is kind of, like, 
I think there's an interesting. Oh, hey, bro. Lamarill, the roommate in the house. Going to work, man. Yeah. yeah. Got to pay the bills. Does he have his own button? Does he have his own button? Does Lambo doesn't does he... have his own button yet, but we can make we we can give him uh, we can give him this one. Sixty percent of the time, it works every time. God damn! Yeah, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's uh, I think that there's this kind of Canadiana that permeates through like Canadian historical music, even as far like if you go back to people like Leonard Cohen, who is like considered not just one of the best Canadian poets, but poets in general like yeah. ever um you hear this kind of you know it's this bob dylan-esque sort of poetry to it and it it molds into things like the guess who and then and, and like and neil young it's always this kind of like yeah i can't really put a a, a, a a finger on other than it's like this canadiana this like prairie sort of guitar feel and and it goes into uh bands like the tragically hip like you guys probably have never heard of these bands, especially James. I've never oh, heard of tragically that band. hip. Tragically hip. Yeah. Um, the lead singer just died yeah. recently of, of brain cancer, and like tragically hip is comparably. What era is that? It's like eighties, nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd call them kind of like a Chili Peppers, but. Canadian style The Canadian show. chili like, peppers. They're they very... A, I mean, like, it's a cop-out name for it, but, like, they're contemporary rock. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Um, very poetic, very kind of... Um, Avant-garde. Yeah, folky. It, like and, uh, yeah, just kind of influenced a lot of, of rock that is Canadian today, that is Sam Roberts and his bands mm-hmm. like Arkells, uh, Hey Rosetta, like these bands that are, I think... That should be more popular. That yeah. I, as a Canadian, I wish were much more popular because they're very, very high quality and much more high quality than things like, uh, in my opinion, like uh, like Nickelback and Justin Bieber and those types of things that people associate with our exports of yeah. of music, where we have this like Can- Canada uh, media outlets, TV and and radio have a a law that they have to have oh, yeah. a certain pr- amount of canadian, canadian content. content right yeah and so these bands i think it's like 20 or 30 percent and so like these these bands just end up getting really popular just all across canada and just tour canada you know their whole lives and i think like sam roberts is one of those he's like 40 something now mm-hmm. right. but he's been doing it since he was like 20 and like man so fucking good like i, de- I definitely recommend Anybody that doesn't know Sam Roberts, check him out. He's one of the best Canadian musicians ever. I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, I'm curious. Like, what do you guys know of Canadian music? Duke, you've been here for a while, but, uh, you know, Wow and James. It's very... I, my my knowledge of Canadian music is very limited, I have to admit. And, and having moved here so recently, it's not just the music. It's so many different things that are different here. There's lots of little different things. And I think the biggest thing for me is how different the culture actually is. You know, it coming from a Western country, it's all much the same. But definitely music-wise, like when I talk to people about bands, like for, like you mentioned Oasis earlier, and you, you mentioned it, and they're like, what's that? And it it boggles my mind to think that there's, there's this music that to me is like the everyday on the radio yeah. stuff that people haven't heard of here. And that surprised me quite a bit, actually. Um, Cause you don't get in, even in the U S like they, they, they are starting to really get into like British music, mm-hmm. like modern British music. 
And so there is a definitely a, a difference in experience-wise in terms of what people have heard and what people haven't heard. And and I've not heard of any of those Canadian yeah. groups no, that you were just mentioning you now. You, you heard about New Young, probably. Neil Young, I know Neil yeah, Young. I didn't know he was Canadian. Well, see, that's what I, was, I just, just I mean, you, you didn't know Neil Young was Canadian either. Well, I I knew Neil Young was Canadian stuff like that, but like uh, by and large, you'll find a lot of times that people people actually don't. You, they're, they're more than likely you you most certainly have heard of of certain bands if you go through yeah. the list of it at some point, and you'll find a lot of the time it's just people don't know that they're Canadian. Yeah, you know, I I think you guys are unfortunately subject to the case of being like. Unless you were specifically told in the song or in yeah. some ways, yeah. this person's Canadian. We're pro- unless yeah. they've got yeah. a very strong accent. Otherwise, we're probably going to assume they're from the states. And honestly, I think that's something that we connect with in stuff like Tragically Hip and Sam Roberts' music. Is he does act? They do actually talk about Canada. Yeah. yeah. And like, I think I find that there is this tendency in in you know quote unquote Americanized Canadian you know pop stars and rock stars and stuff like that to kind of you know subvert their their art into into american terms like uh like i don't know let's talk about the summer of 69 you know maybe that was in like mississippi or something yeah. you know like it, it's so just kind of sure. like we always have to be through that context but then there's these ones that that kind of buck that trend and they're much more interesting and, and much better in my opinion for haven't, sure haven't you guys kind of like generally in entertainment have had this ongoing squabble with america that you kind of like claim and reclaim and like well there's there's a kind of weird thing that americans and i think people globally i guess uh don't really see because you know our cultures are very well not cultures but our accents and stuff and our look is very similar Uh and you share the border and we share the border we're close obviously our media crosses and so there's a lot of these things and people and stuff that I think people don't realize are Canadian and like the influence that Canadians have in North American media culture overall is pretty pervasive when you start to really break it down. Like even like going back to Leonard Cohen, like Leonard Cohen was very famous poet all around the world. Um, But it's kind of more recent. I think when you're looking at, well, one of them is, um, Lauren Michaels is Canadian yeah. from Saturday Night Live. Kids and like he and stuff, yeah. he built Saturday Night Live and yeah. he's a Canadian. And it's not an accident that Canadian people end up, you know, working and being part of Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Bruce, know, Will Shatner was another one. Yeah, Will Shatner. You know, you're getting into, you know, Seth Rogen, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling, like these guys, these people. And you know what? I, I, I was going to say women too, obviously. Alanis Morissette was a huge Canadian rock star. She was definitely known in Ireland as being Canadian. Yeah, Canadian. loved her. Um, Alanis Morissette was probably the biggest woman to come out of Canada. Sarah Nelly McLaughlin. And stuff. Nelly Furtado. Furtado. Yeah. Um, That's a name I haven't heard. In a long but time. she, interestingly enough, Nelly Furtado had this very, again, Canadiana folk ish right. feel to her music when she first came out and was popular in Canada amongst Canadian artists and stuff. And then once she started to collaborate with American artists and American like rap artists and stuff like that, she kind of flipped into this pop princess sort of dance diva thing that was not mm-hmm. the way that she was before. But it, she was really popular. She became really popular in the U.S. You know, later on in her career because of that. And she's obviously a very beautiful, attractive Where woman. Where is so she now? I don't know. She, I'm sure she's not you sure. know yeah. m- making music somewhere. But but yeah, like I think going back to that, just like. 
once you start to break it down, Jim Carrey, all these people are truly, truly famous, you know, influencers in, in entertainment uh, are Canadian. And it's interesting that yeah. that's such a kind of like a pretty significant portion of that industry would come from what is a relatively like sparsely sparsely populated country. Well, boss, if you don't mind. Yeah, hit me. Um, Canada is not the only and not the last place that American culture would uh, influence in a way that would suck their culture as well. Um, we have you know I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if you if you if if you look about uh, not only music but cultural, um, there was the I'm pretty sure you guys heard about the big stick politics. Uh, they use that imposed yeah. in a lot of countries towards uh, like uh, throughout the world. Um, but like, let's talk about New Young. So New Young, uh, before he was a solo, he was uh, with uh, Stills, Nash, Young, and Crosby. Crosby, Crosby, Crosby Stills, Nash, and, and Young. I think it, the three and of them Crazy were, Horse. The three of them were uh, 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 American. Yeah, they and were Californian, only, I think. And and only like uh, New Young was Canadian. Yeah, and he only so met them after he went down to L.A. and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but like he's he became famous after that. So sometimes it's like. Well, yeah, we didn't know that he was Canadian, but also he was singing with American uh, singers, you know. Like oh, yeah. Or Jim Carrey. Okay, we don't... Well, a lot of people don't know that he's Canadian, but he was doing films for Hollywood, uh, L.A. and stuff, you know. So these people also shift uh, towards a place maybe that they can make more money. I don't know. Hmm. Um, well, yeah, I mean, obviously people are going to congregate to the places that, you know, where their art form is, is going to be you know, most exposed like comedians and stuff will obviously go to like New York and those types of things to get, to get their breaks and actors will go to LA and musicians will go to LA and, mm -hmm. and that type of thing or London even, so, you know, yeah. as, as British people. But like, uh, yeah, I mean my, my point was more just like this kind of unknown Canadian influence throughout entertainment that I, I think is really like oddly Important. interesting. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it is. the it's fact that they can have such a power without, I mean, like a it power, is. but like Man, uh, such an influence. Yeah, to be completely honest, uh, to you, like I love Bob Dylan. For me, he's one of the guys that mm -hmm. influenced me most. But for me, uh, Neil Young is as big as Bob Dylan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, without yeah, a doubt. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Without amazing, a doubt. Man. Yeah. And we never go out and like, uh, you know. What's the thing that they used to? Say? Wasn't there a thing that they'd say like Neil Young is the thinking man's Bob Dylan? <laughs> Wasn't there, I th I'm almost sure I heard that as a quote or something like that. You know, I'm I'm, I'm not I'm not old yeah, enough really to know the exact context and stuff. But he has that kind of like he has a depth. You know, he was like if 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 Bob Dylan was Superman, Neil Young would be Batman. You okay. know, well, both yeah. both fighting the good fight, but one guy's like a toothpaste commercial where the other guy's dark and broody. You know, there was <laughs> that's that, interesting. There was That's something interesting. Like that. that has always been my interpretation of neil young you know yeah. like neil young here's what it is i felt yeah. that bob dylan sang for the people in a lot of ways you know uh -huh. he was a voice of the people and their and, time and their time and everything like that it was very gathering very together and everything like that neil young kind of expressed the lament of the soul that yeah. you experience yourself yeah, you know internal. yeah the sort of you know the the 
that kind of divide that happens within society that can let a life go that's, by on the road you know like all that kind of stuff i always get drawn back to his um what's it good don't let it get you down that's mm-hmm. always been my favorite song from him you know i think that's that's quite a good representation of his style his style he's always been very melancholy and always very like but that's interesting because like i recently uh because you asked boss uh leonard cohen it's recent to me and when I listened for the first time, I was like, fuck, that's really good. Yeah. Why haven't, like, why didn't I hear that before? You know, like, that's the first time I'm yeah. hearing it. Why? This guy is so good. Mm-hmm. I had the same thing with Neil Young. I only yeah. started listening to Neil Young about a year ago. Really? I ne- knew of Neil Young. I had no idea what his music was really like. So what was the one? Like, what, what got, like, what got so, you? So I think the first song I heard was Old Man. Nice. Uh, and I was driving. Yeah, we were Which in the is car. Not based on his father. Yeah. Yeah, and it's. it's not. I love no. like old old man. I always consider to be like, it doesn't matter what you think about yeah. singing. It yeah. does not matter what you think yeah. singing is. Shut up and listen to this guy, right. and tell me that you don't feel it, exactly it makes you feel what he's saying. Everything you know? he's saying, you feel it. Yeah. It's the same with uh, father and son. Oh, yeah. Cat mm-hmm. Stevens, mm-hmm. like that song. When you listen to it, it just you, you feel it. Of course, because he's he's talking about the experience of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's just it, you're like I I'm I'm glad to have this song. This song is sort of an aid in my quest for knowledge, yeah. <laughs> my and quest those, for understanding. I feel like those are the types of artists that that we really do have very few of now. I yeah. said the same thing. Or I got none. chewed out. The other day around a group of people for saying that, but I said the exact same thing. I'm not saying that there aren't like like great artists no. and, and poets and no. songwriters and stuff alive right now. But like, I don't know, just the the rawness of these guys' you know, passion and grievances. And, and again, I say these guys, but like Janis Joplin and um, uh, Canadian... Be the right yellow right. taxi. I can't remember. I almost forget her name. Wait, what? Oh, oh I know the song. Okay, but like Leonard Coney. We'll, we'll, we'll put it in a post. Oh. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we have computers all around us. Post edit. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, like the these people, songstresses, and 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 songwriters that were almost more poets that were yeah. just you know kind of playing a guitar yeah. along with whatever they were doing, or whatever they were saying. Um. Yeah, like we don't really have them anymore. We have bands, and they're I, you know what I think. I think rap is probably the last, not the last, but the the only remaining right now kind of uh, um, sanctuary for those types of artists. Sorry, I have to I disagree. Yeah, huh? I couldn't I disagree to with you yeah. more. Okay. Yeah, you got three people saying a lot on you, man. <laughs> because <laughs> I think that comes down to what we were talking earlier: the niche. Okay. Mm-hmm. Earlier, yeah. you had those guys that had big industries behind them, pushing the music and the poetry to billions and millions of people. And today, we still have these people, but it's really niche. It is small. Yeah. So if you want to really take a look inside of whatever Canadian, American, That's Brazilian, yeah. like you would find these very talented people, but probably they wouldn't have like a big producer behind them anymore. Yeah. yeah okay. I'll, I'll amend, I'll amend my statement by saying that as far as people of influence, people of high influence in music, yeah, the people that have, uh, 
kind of the power and freedom to explore those types of poetry ideas mm-hmm. and, uh, angsty expression, I guess, but do exist they have the more viscerally in rap than any other part of music right now. I think like talking about the freedom to do that, I think when you, when you're like this big, say, pop act, mm-hmm. you get to a point where you're like, oh, maybe now I can try some of this. Yeah, I always but wonder But people that. don't respond to it. They don't want yeah. that. They want the hits. They want those dance tracks when they could actually have some pretty meaningful songs. Well, that's what I mean is like a lot of a lot of rap artists aren't born out of that type of... Like yeah. the, really, the, the good rap artists that we would consider, you know, like really good people like Jay-Z or like... You know, God forbid, Kanye West, Tupac. Eminem, Tupac, Biggie, like those types of people. Um, yeah, like they were kind of allowed, like they were, their music was born out of that. Mm-hmm. What was born out of a uh, going against this, you know, a rough back- yeah, background as well. Yeah, rough yeah. background, well, and and going against this, you know, overproduced. You know, you're talking about nothing. Let's talk about real shit stuff. Yeah, that you know, Justin. Bieber can't really get political as much as he would maybe even want to. Yeah, yeah even like nobody would take yeah, it seriously because it doesn't about. come yeah. from a like a real pl- like it maybe it does like everybody can have their opinions. It doesn't matter if you're Justin Bieber or 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 Wasn't Tupac the, or whatever. The, the, the but Canadian, like Canadian uh, singer that uh, was born in West End here, famous one, Michael Bublé. Yeah, as well. Yeah, like he he, he reinterprets. He's a good singer. He is mm-hmm. a good yeah, singer, yeah. but uh, he. It's not revolutionizing music, right? No. No. Well, he's not like those people. This is what I'm saying is like they're not saying anything. We talked about it in the break, actually. But we like what really reverberates with these people is, or w- with new audiences now is is intelligent lyrics, stuff that is speaking to people, stuff that is you know yeah. talking about our 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 social issues and that type of stuff versus. There will always be room for pop and bubbly things. Yeah. Yeah, um, ballads and that's yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Like, people will... Like, no different than Michael Bay movies. Like, people want to turn off their brain and, and dance for a while or whatever, yeah. right? I think maybe, like, I mean... I think maybe but, like, tell me a rock artist that is currently making music that actually has, like, a social punch. Tell me a... Uh, a pop artist that is making music that actually has like a social punch, and like those those things can cross over. Those those genres can cross. I mm-hmm. like Mumford and Sons right now, or the Lumineers. But have you ever listened to some of their stuff and been like, "Yeah, no, you sing it, Mumford no. and Sons." No, yeah, you're f- you're fucking spot on about your no your social socio political issues. I think, issues. I think okay, I great point you're making there. I think we can get. I think I could put a name out there. We might have to do a little bit more research. Um, I think I could put it in, like, in in regards to being like, you know, let's say like a rock star. A rock star that could live up to the standards of what guys like us would say that we can recognize as being a rock star. Keeping them, like I would always say that like we, we, we can't really be the ones to really tell it because all we're going to do is really kind of like theorize about what's to come, you know, yeah. because it is it is. The, the the currently growing generation, one one might call the the millennials and stuff like that, 
because with every with every coming of a rock star and people that make a, a real social impact and stuff like that you know it's it's relative to what it's going on at the time and yeah everything, right and it's just there's such a huge variable in the internet and how connected people are yeah. these days and as we've talked about like just kind of like niche markets now now you can pick exactly what you want and yeah. you can completely go your entire life without hearing anything but that right yeah. you know I exaggerate but to that to that extent um so it's like yeah like rock stars that we know of and everything no probably i, th I think it's a realistic thing to say like the people who can judge it who have people who have lived through it would say no by modern standards we're not seeing anybody that is doing the same thing and stuff like that but we're not dangerous to have changes well. of course yeah exactly but like i think it's going to be interesting to see because I, I there, of course I think that of course there is going to be those artists there is going to be these people um, but we're going to find out about it we're not mm -hmm. going to be the ones to make those people and we're not going to be the ones to really uh, to really have the insight to go like oh yeah you know watch this person because now there's just and you think it's the social world right now is just yeah. in so much chaos that it's like it's really hard to find that one definitive thing Every, people can't get behind one subject anymore so we'll see in time with but it but just to contradict myself I think Matt has a point here we are in a moment that we have a bit of a window. Yeah. You know, between the past and what is to come. Because in the present, right now, there's no big stars as they used to be. Like rock stars or whatever. I have the name for that then. Let's see what you guys would think. Because I would think Dave Grohl. It doesn't ring me a bell. Dave uh, Grohl of the Foo, Foo Fighters. Fighters and was the drummer for Nirvana. And Tenacious D. Oh yeah, yeah, and he's into and um, and Queens of the Stone Age yeah, and stuff and like everything that. Everything else by, by rock standards. <laughs> I mean, what and the, my reason for putting his name forth for for consideration is the fact that like I would see him as being like by by standards that we're used to. The guy's definitely a rock star. He is. Oh yeah. In his way, he's larger than life. Yeah. Is he is he active he, with his message about just things going on in the world? Of course. Is I, he is he an activist? No. But he certainly yeah. does not, he's he certainly given the pulpit that he has and the voice that he has. We can safely say that he does not spout tripe but and garbage. Yeah, I would say that. like as Eddie Vedder. And yeah. like Eddie Vedder yeah. is really yeah. oh, good. Definitely, yeah. He's definitely. not He's definitely. I would no, say and I would say Eddie Vedder probably approaches closer to... To something like we're trying to reach than somebody yeah, like Dave Grohl. Of course. But like Dave Grohl, yeah, stuff like the Pretender and things yeah. approaches and, and those types very, of deal. He's a very, amongst the, uh, and I say this because I saw um, Lemmy from Motorhead when he died, you oh, know, yeah. at his funeral. They actually taped it and stuff. Huge rock stars making great speeches about a guy who meant so much to the music industry mm -hmm. and especially to rock and roll. And um, Dave Grohl was one of the people to give a, a, a speech about it and everything. And first of all, seeing just the amount of respect that he has from his peers, yeah. you know, when you when you have yeah. surviving members of Motorhead and Pantera and Slayer and Metallica and you have pro wrestlers and you have movie stars, and you have all these people that are saying like, hey, you're fucking Dave Grohl. Like, that's cool, man. Let's hang out and stuff. Uh, he, he has the respect of his peers that would be seen from any rock star. Right. Mm -hmm. And the the. the I'm, it, they're not as wide reaching as you'd kind of want a band to be to consider the lead the, the lead singer to be a rock star but like Foo Fighters got a pretty they, they're a stadium following oh, they, yeah. they they play, they can sell out they could go do Wembley Stadium yeah. and sell that Dave out Dave Girl's no definitely a rock star yeah. like he's he probably is. as high as it gets 
in yeah, rock because that's what i think today. with it you know and like he's celebrated yeah he certainly is celebrated it's a smaller group talking about him than what we'd it's be used to but i can't say i've ever listened really listened to a foo fighter song the pretender maybe touches it mm-hmm. but really listened to a foo fighter song and came away actually thinking about our world. Well, that's you know, that's world. not necessarily what that music is is yeah. for. No, that's but, true. So but but that's we, what but that's what Neil Young yeah, and, well, and Bob Dylan and these guys were doing. But that's because that was kind of the only form that existed at the we're time. We're talking about Neil Young, right? And we've got to remember that that's you know this is folk music, really. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. And you're looking at this, and and that's that music is designed for that. It's designed to be you know for the people or yeah. about meaningful things and it and as a result becomes very poetic and so and i think if you look now if you look at current um like folk artists and new folk artists i i am finding music that has got that that's true but like um uh joao was saying is that it is a niche you know you have to you you have to be thinking looking into uh, folk music and listening to that style of music if you want that that's true i think that rock and roll isn't necessarily the place for that you can have pretty deep songs and pretty amazing uh songs that make you feel and think but rock is about rocking Mm. it's about rocking out its primary objective Mm -hmm. is to rock out fair enough i'll say one one quick thing uh Along those lines, in rock, Sam Roberts and Arkells as Canadian bands. Yeah, yeah. The, the, check them out. Those Absolutely. guys like they talk about cool. shit, which is good. Good shit. Good well, shit. One last name. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, Not maybe, bullshit. Maybe he falls into the pre- previous era. Bono. Bono. Bono? Oh yeah. Bono. Bono. Bono's oh, of course, the Irishman's got to bring up Bono. No, don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's pop, isn't I kinda, it? I kind of got it. I felt a bit dirty <laughs> with that because I'd much rather put Bob Geldof But bo- ahead, Bono, it's Bono is an activist, obviously. He had his time, But though. his the, the, the yeah. music yeah. that they talk about, like the, yeah. the music itself yeah. is not perpetuating that feeling. Bono yeah. is using his celebrity yeah. to, to create change, which you know some people find annoying. It's like, if you're doing good things, then you're doing good things. Of course, yeah. But like, uh, yeah, I'm talking more about like subversive art, stuff that's trying to get to the core of like, of youth to, yeah. to get people moving and get people speaking and get people talking you about You two things. definitely had that, but that's that's a generation gone. Yeah, I mean, people don't give a fuck about it. You two now 80s, is something that comes you know? with your iPod that nobody fucking wants. Know, nobody they, wants. They, you know, <laughs> did you did you guys... Uh, <laughs> that's rough, but... I don't know if you ever saw it, but I like you did. Like, you two were on, uh, you know, Graham Norton's show, yeah. right? Yeah, You two went on Graham Norton's show pretty soon after that whole thing had happened, and I've never seen such a defeated poor old Bono. Oh, I know. He looked really sad. I did see that. And he said it a few times. He kind of worked it. Even when they weren't talking about it, Bono always found a way of kind of like slipping it in, going like, well, everybody hates us now anyway. So we're just like, it's like, at first I was like, (laughs) I was like, ah, Bono, you know. Poor Bono. Bono, come on. You've had such a tough go, man. Don't worry, man. In the end, you're still Bono, right? But then (laughs) (laughs) after the second or third time and everything like that, it's like, like, Bono, really? You're trying to get a little uh, bit of like I already have your fucking album. What else? You <laughs> yeah, <from> me? <laughs> that you was obnoxious. Force fed it to that me. was obnoxious. Have you <laughs> seen the South Park 
episode. Yeah, when he's course, the biggest yeah, piece exactly. of shit. He's yeah. the biggest shit in the world. It's just like no. Wow. Uh, to be to it's be fair, like we can't we can't blame poor old Bono. You know he can't take the flack on that. There was more dis- more people making those decisions than just he himself. And he thought he was giving a lovely lovely little gift to all of us. In I the world. mean, so like, yeah, like a it big is a gift. It is a gift. We talked about time, before. It's a gift that nobody wants. Well, okay. Wants. Here's the here's the difference. <laughs> that, that's the thing. Here's the difference. But so not have an MP3 so Duke, player. <laughs> Duke on the break told us a very lovely story of which band sorry sorry uh sorry the band outs uh when we were speaking outside that oh, gave uh, you all their discography oh yeah when i got the discovery that was uh yeah that was um the combination of della soul and a tribe called quest through their della uh, soul and a tribe called quest so you had been part of their fan group since yeah. like 1997 or eight something around that yeah. and then 2016 rolls around almost 20 years later yeah and and they they gift you know a small portion of their fan base their whole discography yeah exactly. just a link just as, here you yeah go. just you know thanks for standing by us for this long that's a beautiful gift of fans amazing you know because you had the choice to download it or not but yeah and it's directly it, it delivered to it's fans. directly delivered to people yeah. that obviously love your music yeah. if 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 you two had been like you know we have had yeah this this fan club for 30 40 years yeah. and it has it had like 6000 original members that joined in yeah. the first 3 months and we're going to give them all our discography plus our new album for free <laughs> then that would be like the the whole music world will and like entertainment world would be like wow that's really awesome of you yeah. two to do that but then they in, instead they say oh we're just going to give everybody our music yeah. and you can't remove it off your shit exactly. even if it's it was like man like i like have for a while i had no other music on my ipod and <laughs> yeah, and it would just ran on my ipad actually and it would just randomly like i'd hit the wrong button on my key- keyboard and i'd start to hear a u2 song that i've never fucking heard before and i'm like i hate i instantly hate this yeah because I don't want to hear it right yeah, now. Exactly. I haven't chosen to listen really, to this. Really, really misbranded. Branded? Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, like... They, What's they branded? Did, like, to, to brand. Yeah. Oh. I think I think it was too much. Like, a whole it's album. too much. It's it should have like been yeah. one track. No, sure, not yeah. even right. that, man. It should have hey, been a track. if you guys want, it's there. That's all it yeah. needed to be. How a code that comes with your iPod. Man. Yeah. yeah. Download here. Spotify, whatever you want. Yeah. I know for a fact I would have been. There you go, Jay. Wow, you should be in the in the entertainment marketing industry. Uh, I am. If I had gotten the link, <laughs> a PA, but or something, <laughs> if something in, in some way had popped up and said like, you know, by the way, you you now have uh, access to to YouTube's album. Go and download it if you feel like it. You know, no, I wouldn't have jumped at it. I'm not what I'd say a fan sure. of YouTube and everything yeah. like that. Um, but you know, like I, there may have been the opportunity at some point that I go like, well, sure, like there was stuff that I did like at times from YouTube, and who knows, I might kind of like check out something new or whatever. That could have been something I would have been open to the idea. But yeah, it was Whoa. that everybody's reaction yeah. was like, excuse me, I'm listening to yeah. like, I'm listening to metal and punk, yeah. and then in the middle of my shuffle. It's yeah. like, what the <laughs> fuck you know is what? this? You know I what? did not yeah. put this on my mix. How many you know times have you done that and just trick me? The fuck? And then you look down yeah. and like, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Hijacking. For me, for me, it's like that. Trick me, but don't call me stupid. Exactly. Yeah. Like, if you put in my, uh, there's a, in Spotify, like, uh, weekly uh, uh, discover. Yeah. If you, if you sneak some YouTube stuff there, you know, uh, maybe you like that. 
maybe I would be down to the, to mm-hmm. listen to that. But if you put in like my front page things that you really like it, yeah. you too. Said no, I don't think I will. Maybe exactly. For a you will. Like we it. just talked yeah. about the fucking algorithms, Bono. You're fucking with the <laughs> algorithms. You're, you're there is no algorithm. That's you're the point. You're not even. You're not even using an algorithm. You're just you're assuming everybody line. wants your fucking yeah. music. Yeah, but now you've same. got you two on there. You start. You that's accidentally play a track. It's no. like, oh, if you liked that, you'll love. That's. That's. But That's wait, there's more. <laughs> Twelve extra tracks of U2 that you don't want. Absolutely yeah, go solo. <laughs> you like U2? How about some U2? <laughs> How That's about some thing, more U2 man. with that? That's the thing. It's like um, when you're listening to YouTube and there's an advertisement before the video that you want to watch. They became that. Yeah. YouTube yeah. became that. Yeah, the advertising true. before the, the music you actually want to hear. Yeah. To watch. That's terrible, man. That's terrible branding. That's a good point. Terrible idea. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I think everybody agrees, even Bono agrees, uh, that it was a bad idea. Yeah, you could pretty much see it on his face in that, yeah. in that interview that Duke was talking about, just like face palming himself the whole time, pretty much. Just like, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm I, sorry. I, <laughs> I actually, I used to love the, um, the stock tracks you would bu- get on a computer, like on XP. And they yeah. had... Um, what was that song? Uh, like Humans Do, David Byrne. Mm. And actually, like, that got me into, like, David Byrne and Talking Heads. And I was like, but it was just one <laughs> of the, like, sample tracks on there that would come on when but it's you okay. played Solitaire. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> They're trying something new. And to it's you. one track. And it's just one yeah. track, yeah. They're not trying to, hey, here you are. Uh, just got all of this album and for free. And then uh, I don't want that. I listen to another kind of music. I'm sorry. It's interesting, though, how we're so. I'm used to just like free media content to the point that we're angry. Yeah. About getting Being something. Being given a free album. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's true because when we had radio, we would listen to whatever they would play. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. when would when we would uh, buy Long Place, we knew exactly what yeah. we were buying. You know, it's. I think it's sad that it's such a terrible album, though, because it's not. <laughs> it's not just that it's annoying and it, everyone has it. And it, all of these things. I have yet to hear a good song out of any of those tracks, and no one talks about it. No, you don't ever hear anyone defending it. And going, well, it was actually a pretty good album, though. Like it was annoying, but it was pretty good. <laughs> Nobody says that. <laughs> it's <laughs> so. Like, on top of the annoyance, it was, it was just. A pile of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I think one song, one song, gotta listen on my when it when it popped on. I went like, "The fuck is this shit?" Well, hang on a second, and I listened to it a little bit. Now, not great, but probably okay. the only song that on the album that kind of popped up. That I not enough to get over the annoyance. I'm, I was as, as I was saying that I was desperately hoping that the song name would pop into my head or anything to do with it, and it, it's it it escapes me now. But you know, sometime when one of you guys are talking, I'll just jump and shout it out. Okay. I have a similar thing right now where <laughs> I, I know I kept a note somewhere of a song that actually reminded me to call you, Duke. Oh, really? That I heard. It was the U, one of the YouTube tracks came on my... Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, you were saying that you were in the mood for a fierce rant about it. Yeah, <laughs> it, came, it came on my iPod while I was listening and that's, I probably got like two thirds of the way through the track and <laughs> Duke, when I when we first met, had started chatting about, about YouTube and, and about the edge and how like if you take his his effects away how basic his guitar playing really is <laughs> and there's this new song fuck i wrote it. i thought i wrote it down somewhere anyways it's one of the new songs on the u2 album 
And there's this grand space for a solo. Like a beautiful space for solo. It's actually a nice song. And it's fucking butchered. Like like by Edge trying to do some I don't know what like it's it's off time. It's it's not even like kind of Jack Whitey bad good. Like it's just I don't even know what to describe it. And it made me think exactly of you, Duke, of like what a waste. Uh, oh yeah, I think that's what everyone thinks when they like, think of me. <laughs> you insert any other <laughs> It's like what a what waste. A waste oh, you know Duke. what? That yeah, makes me right. think of Duke right now. <laughs> Duke, what a waste. <laughs> what a waste. <laughs> the guy is a waste. Can if I if uh, I'm ever back here again, I want that to be my button. <laughs> okay, I'll yeah, make one. I'll cuss. I'll find something. <laughs> what a waste. We do a tutorial for you. <laughs> Does anyone still yeah. have the album <laughs> out of interest? Does I do. I mean, still have yeah, it on we their have phone? to. My, I don't even have, have a fucking I, I, iPhone anymore. I'm pretty sure I deleted <laughs> it. But who I knows? Uh, I have. You can't delete it. I thought you couldn't delete it. Isn't no, that I, the I'm whole thing? I'm pretty sure that they it is deleteable now. Okay. Well, anyways, we were talking about niche. Okay, That's and right. how niche um, actually kind of guides the industry today, mm-hmm. or industry or no industry or whatever, but the music they would listen to. Um, it's a, there's an interesting film by the Coen Brothers called Inside Llewyn Davis, Love it. Uh, and they are obviously they are obviously talking about a niche, yeah. right? It was a niche, and then you see by the end of the film that he was kind of like as good as Bob Dylan yeah. could have been. But yet he wasn't famous, That's and right, he yeah. had all the talent in the world, like so. Um, and then um, just before the break, I was about to ask uh, mm. if you have seen the film *In Search of Sugarman*, which is just about a guy that is man. He's brilliant. You listen to the song; is as sharp as Bob yeah. Dylan today. Mm-hmm. Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, Robert Rodriguez, uh, or Jesus Rodriguez, or whatever. How many names they had it, uh, but. He was famous. He was American, and yeah, uh, you have to watch the documentary. It's beautiful. You yeah, absolutely. But I, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. But I, uh, the only thing that I'm not going to give a spoil is that he was as good as Bob Dylan, but he was only famous in South Africa for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then you watch the documentary. Watch it. Yeah. And, Go in uh, and, 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 and my question is, did did it change that much? Because like they were talking about niche, yeah, in that time, and talent. And everything, and sometimes it just, uh, in my mind, it just pops up. Okay, it's all of that, but there's one element that it's essential. It's luck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it comes down to that, mm-hmm. man. It's so random. Yep. The greatest thing is like they say: if well, if you could, if you could, if you could bottle and produce something that's going to turn everybody. I think it was um, Frank Zappa or somebody said that they're like, you know. You can make a rock star if there was a if there was a, a skill or a talent or something that like you could just harness and go like okay give me a person who's nothing and and and, and inject this into them and now they're a rock star like what would it be and he's like straight up luck that's that's it he's like when it comes down to it even even the most talented people in the world who work their ass off and and pay their dues in any industry we'll say but yeah. especially in entertainment you know the the legends he's like there's not a, there's not a single person who got to that position and got to that level that in some way, if luck was removed from it, their career could have been mm-hmm. at risk. You know, I, I agree, but I think that that is life 
in general that's yeah, of not course, music of course it is. like or I entertainment think i think that the essence of what it means is just being it's accepting th- how how little control you really have over it in the when it comes down to it because like even if something is is marketed properly and stuff like that it may not be the time it may not be the place like it's always an element of a a, a dice roll involved in it so i know like i'm, I'm just using it as a quote because it was in reference to it but i know that this sort of context of how it was being explained was just more kind of like we'll 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 make the the pattern we'll follow it and like cool it'll work it'll work but sometimes it won't work but then mm-hmm. it'll work but then other times it won't work yeah. it's just saying that there's no real guaranteed you do this and you do this and you do this and it equals rockstar and longevity boom give us the next one That's no but you have you have to do this you mm-hmm. have to do those things oh yeah and of course. so yeah. while of course luck plays an element mm-hmm. um they had to have the the cojones to go up on stage yeah, and, exactly. and do their thing. And they had to, you know, ask their buddy to come and, and form their band. And they had to do whatever they did to get that tape onto yeah. the radio and whatever it was. Like, you hear so many stories of people that, well, they, you know, they ran into this person and somehow got their, their demo tape in their hands. Yeah. And then, and you know, for some reason, this person who would never otherwise listen to it happened to listen to it. It's like, yeah. you think that happened on accident? Or do you think that was because there was some kid that was pestering this man, this, you know, course, agent yeah. or manager being like, listen Catamans. to my shit, listen to my shit. Yeah, it's the Catamans best, I swear. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you have blind. to fucking it's, go it's, and do it. And then luck, yeah, luck happens to people and, and talented people don't make their way sometimes. But um, it's two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Because like, you know. You, you take the most talented motherfucker in the world and, and remove luck. You know, he doesn't have a guaranteed shot. But exactly as you're saying there as well, it's like, you know, you can be a, a bunch of kids sitting in your, in, in your garage playing some music and like, you know, unless... I would say the <laughs> ratio of people that make it on pure luck is equal about to the ratio of people that make oh, yeah, it on pure talent. I don't think anyone's saying like pure, pure luck. Stuff. It's not pure luck. Pure there luck. is pure. Well, no, pure. There's pure not pure luck. luck or yeah. Pure talent. I think it's com- it's like some elements combined. Yeah. Pure yeah. luck is that girl who went on Doctor Phil, made a made a complete tit of herself, act like everything that's wrong with humanity. That like, catch me outside about that girl. You know, like she's a fucking internet superstar and everything like that. You know. That that's an example of pure luck. Somebody, no, no, just like somebody. Just but again, like she had, I don't even know what you're talking about. But she the, had the, even the lack of self awareness to uh, to be okay with looking like a fucking moron on national TV. <laughs> and for some reason, people found that entertaining. Yeah, had, no different than the guy, like the people that. For some reason, decided, hey, I'm going to film myself opening this box and post it to YouTube and go through all the effort of doing that for some reason. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, like millions of people love watching people do that. Who yeah. Like it's accidental genius. It's whatever. It's luck. But they did it. Yeah. And they probably had a bunch of people telling them that it was fucking stupid. Mm. And they, they still, still have watching. a bunch of people like me telling them that it's fucking stupid, but they're making still more watching. money than I am. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I, I, I don't even know what comment to make about that, but it is kind of like, well, people watch it for a reason, you know, yeah. if it, it might surprise us. But like, yeah, that's a that's a, obviously a demographic because like, yeah, I've seen it, those videos of where, where what's that? The, the pneumatic press where they just take things. Yeah. And they just yeah. press it. It's like, 
They oh. interest me sometimes. Yeah, exactly. It's like, look <laughs> at those views. I'd be like, if, if you, you came to me and said to me an hour, you know, yeah, YouTube channel that just like uses a pneumatic press to, to, to press things into oblivion and everything. I'd be like, what kind of bollocks <laughs> is that? But at the same time, I found myself one time just going like, ah, I was just oh, God. Whoa, look at that. Isn't that fucking <laughs> yeah. cool? Look at the thing. And I call my girl over. I'm like, hey, 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 come see this. Look, look at this thing. It goes. You know, well, like, even us, we're sitting around with the. Men's it is. It's like we're sitting around under the impression that people give a fuck what we're even talking about. It's so true. I don't even. And give I'm a gonna. Fuck I'm gonna. Yeah, me neither. I'm gonna post it online and and maybe like watch the yeah. track the people who view it or whatever, or listen like, man, to it. Like we're gonna start unraveling the fucking fabric of time and space here. <laughs> now we're getting into that. Okay. Okay. The question is right what now. Is life? Okay. No, no. What okay. is okay. So, music. Why? <laughs> just music what why <laughs> what is music for, for, right. for you music how hmm? <laughs> <laughs> on that note, if music uh, was <laughs> but on that note yes it's been a lovely show it's been a long show we might have to split this into two parts lovely and long two parts. show double, double yeah, feature man. but I think we should double get pay I'm getting double pay for this you I'm, I'm, I'm very happy today I want to yeah. share that I'm going to go to uh, the Water Waters uh, concert I still have oh yeah the Roger side. Waters yeah. concert speaking of music one of the last, well, one of the he does it. Is there th- are all three remaining members of Pink Floyd alive? Oh, somebody more intelligent than me is going to have to say that. Anyways, I don't know. one I of one, one of the members of Pink Floyd is coming to play a bunch of Pink Floyd music. That is right. Yeah, Roger Waters boy. is in town. Two nights, I was right? hitting that back concert. To back. Yeah. We liked it. I was invited. I was invited because this Lifeline they invited me to go there and you know, <laughs> write oh, about uh, the song. Yeah, the Slackline yeah, is sponsoring the trip to Roger Rogers. Even yeah, you're welcome, Roger. I, I don't have tickets. <laughs> yeah. And I just got a, f- a seven-day black and white photo challenge through Instagram from my friend who was at Roger Waters and took a picture of the stage in black and white. Just like, hey, I nominate you, black and white. I'm like, really? Day one, you're going to hit me with fucking at Roger Waters? What the <laughs> fuck am I going to take a black and white picture of? That is going to be... Like, Roger Waters is in that picture. What the fuck are you leaving me with? You know, here's a picture of my chair, black and white. Thank you. Fuck you. Good night. You need to avoid the press. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you send him nudes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. The black and white. Exactly. Here's my black and white. Nude. That would get a little All right. Uh, yeah. Thank we Thank you very much, Duke Nolan and James Doherty, for stopping by. Thank you. And uh, yeah, that is Jay Wow. 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 And the boss. The boss is coming. Made up dumb fairy tale name, you. Signing off on the Slack line. Everybody have a good night.
Could you see it? Oh, could you feel it? I know that you could hear it when I rock my way into your head. Would you use it? And could you excuse it? If I choose to throw it right in your face, you ain't my number one! No. No.